My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm George. Damn right. And it is the WNR 135. It's episode 135. And it's the network review for December. But as always, let's start with the alternate intro. It's a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During a battle, Rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armoured space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races home aboard her starship, custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy because that is episode four a new hope star wars of course because this weekend is the release of star wars the last jedi so i hope everybody enjoys that and, and of course you do know we are geek WWE network review so it's the thing we're most famous for dan isn't it you know we do it every month where we look at the latest content on the WWE network we look at uh, nxt update that we have our mainstay we've done that since day one 205 Live, latest news and lots of other things. It is it's my favourite time of the month and we do move on to collections. Dan, WWE Network collections for December 2017. Take us away. Yes, it is WWE Match of the Year 2017. 2017 was one of the greatest years in WWE history with endless battles staking claim to Match of the Year. And this collection chronicles the very best. John Cena and AJ Styles tore the roof off the Alamo Dome in a WWE Championship match at the Royal Rumble. England's top exports, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, refined international action with their incredible encounter at NXT TakeOver Chicago. And the New Day and the Usos had the tag division on lock with a rivalry that left the WWE Universe clamouring for more. This collection is your one stop for those and many more classic comp for the record-breaking year. And, of course, the WNR Awards, uh, we are going to have our match of the year. We have got the WWE's list of what they think is match of the year, and we'll run through those during the Christmas episode. But just give you a hint of kind of matches they got. Jinder Hall versus Randy Orton for the WWE title, and Enzo Moore versus Kalisto for the Cruiserweight title, Dan. So I'm sure you're going to be happy with the list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Move on to the next new collection, which is Shinsuke Nakamura, the rock star. And from the land of the rising sun to the land of opportunity, Shinsuke fucking Nakamura's magnetic charisma and incredible in-ring skills demand the attention of the WWE Universe. Experience the artist creating one in-ring masterpiece after another with superstars such as Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe and John Cena. From Japan to NXT to SmackDown Live, the King of Strong Style has arrived and this network collection proves why he's WWE's one true rock star. Sami Zayn, never be the same. In one shocking moment, Sami Zayn turned his back on the WWE Universe at WWE Hell in a Cell. Now gain insights from the underground as Zayn grants an exclusive WWE Network review interview, recalling his fiercest rival perspective on how the underdog rekindled his friendship with Kevin Owens, 
witnessed many of Sammy's epic confrontations with the likes of John Cena, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles and more. Take a fascinating look inside the psyche of a changed man with this hell of a collection. And uh, we've got new classic content as well, December 2017. And you see the first WWE television appearances of some of today's biggest superstars with more than 100 new episodes. That's over 100 new episodes of classic content on the WWE Network. This month's on-demand offering delivers the competition era of NXT and sees the rise of Daniel Bryan, Naomi Fandango, Titus O'Neil, Bray Wyatt and more. When it's competition, it was like a reality show and you had to do like goofy tasks each week as well. Well, one thing that's quite insightful on that, and it's uh, NXT number one. Read the description. The dream of many is chased by eight hopeful young men looking for their big break in the inaugural edition of NXT. While seasoned WWE pros mentor each NXT rookie during their journey, Daniel Bryan finds himself guided by The Miz into main event action against Chris Jericho, which, you know, I think that's... It's it's quite a you know yeah. turnabout full circle. That was in 2010. That was it. Yeah, I know. It's so long ago, and that's what NXT used to be. And it's great that it, it's coming to the net. We'll have a chance to watch it all the way through and just see what it is today. It was completely different. It was because that sprung the nexus, didn't it? That first series of NXT and where that came from. So it is worth watching. I mean, out of all the collections this month, they're not bad. Lot are they? Do you know what I mean? No. It's Sami Zayn, Nakamura, calls two of my favourites, and then match of the year you have. And coming in January, we've got the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. And don't forget on the WNR podcast, next month, we are going to have the Raw 25 celebrations. We've got the first episode of Monday Night Raw. And then we're both going to have our top five Raw moments as well. But that's uh, the new collections. And don't forget, we also have Flashback Friday as well. Well, it's 27 years of The Undertaker with nearly three decades of dominance inside the WWE ring. The dead man's career is second to none. Relive the legacy of the phenom as the WWE Flashback Friday showcases the best of The Undertaker. Or, alternatively, you could listen to our three-part podcast, which is probably a better story. Uh, it's, it's, one of my, it's my favourite podcast of all time. Episode 25, 26, 27, the trilogy of The Undertaker through... Like I said, very first debut to uh, his, his his legendary WrestleMania matches. Don't podcast. Don't forget to go back and check our old episodes. But move on to latest content now, new programs. The first episode of WWE's Network new series, Straight to the Source, debuted after Raw, December fourth. Yes, filmed in an arena prior to an event. The Corey Graves hosted interview show. Obviously, isn't breaking the budget, but it's a good way to get some new content on the streaming service. Give fans a chance to get to know a superstar and generate some quotes to stir up conversation online. Well, Graves' first guest is really good for that last thing. The 15 minutes he spent with Roman Reigns in an interesting listen for lovers and the haters of the big dog. Right, okay, so first some notes and then we'll do the end speech. So when asked about the Shield reunion, he said it took longer than it would have, but he got months and was out three weeks you know, the Shield were meant to come back like we know at TLC. He was injured. He actually talks about getting mumps and having to stay in the hotel. And in the meantime, and then Triple H replaced him in the Shield. Can I just say, like, you know, hearing someone get mumps, it always takes me back to the Family Guy episode where Meg gets mumps. Yeah. And Peter's got that suit on and Stewie farts down the hose and he just pukes up in it. <laughs> That's exactly what Rain Reigns did. No. <laughs> so, yeah, and of course, uh, Kurt Angle, Triple H replaced him. Reigns said only top guys can replace him in the Shield. He said since they've been back, they haven't missed a beat. 
But things have changed now that are now Ray stars. stars and they're WWE champions in their own right. And now this is the funny thing about Dean Ambrose. I, I've noticed Ambrose has been doing a lot of flexing lately. <laughs> <laughs> like so we do the super power bomb and like we never did that before. Jump off the top rope with like three guys all in unison and here goes Kofi, boom, power bomb, and I just look to my left and Dean's just <laughs> <laughs> Seth is just like, cover, what are you, what, what are you doing? Like, he's just like, in full flex mode. So I think it's definitely lit a fire under our ass. <laughs> Seth's like, cover him. <laughs> so a year and a half together, they did so much, and they actually say they can't believe how much they did together. They move on to Reigns and the reaction he gets, and not surprised he said any reaction is a good reaction. Corey says he's known Reigns for ages, and Roman was broke. And staying on Corey's floor. He thinks that I was eating Thanksgiving at your house, you know. So they are friends. Yeah. Next was Cena. John Cena in the match that they had. Reigns admit Cena was much better on the mic. But in the end, Cena put uh, Reigns over. And Roman Reigns said that's all that really matters. And then they talk about the untake. And I thought this is a little interesting <clears throat> thing that Roman had to say as well. WrestleMania last year, that was the last time we saw The Undertaker. What does it mean to you personally and professionally to be potentially the man who ended The Undertaker's career? It was funny to see the transition of how I felt about it. The night of and then the build up to it. Being out there with him was incredible. I'll never forget those things I felt. It's, it's, uh, it's, they didn't teach us that. They don't tell you how to potentially retire The Undertaker, how to take that, you know, emotionally, how to accept that responsibility. So. Um, obviously, it was a great responsibility, and I'm always up to the task. But it was emotional, man. It was like it was way more than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. And it was a roller coaster of emotions. And a huge spear into the heart of the Undertaker. And Roman Reigns has defeated the Undertaker at WrestleMania. It was more the aftermath in hindsight. And I've been calling it heavy, you know, as far as like the emotions and stuff. But it was more than I expected it to be. I want to stand out and be the very top, but he just plugged in so much time and earned so much respect. It was cool to be able to feel that, and, and I want to achieve that. I've never felt that level of respect from an audience. Yeah, I felt like everything translated from the night before and what we were trying to do and just tug on those strings. Hell, before I even went out, it was five minutes of strong Undertaker chants. The only chant that came after that immediately was, I think, Roman sucks. This is my yard now. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's quite nice. Reigns saying like you can't really deal with the emotions. He a big deal. It was beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Then finally, then finally, Corey Grace says point blank: Is Roman Reigns WWE's top guy now? Every day of the week, this is top of the mountain here. Point blank. Period. Good exchange, but not really controversial. In fact, most detractors will say the problem is is that Roman's been made the guy. 
But the big dog continues and his justification for why he believes he's on top will probably rank some AJ Styles and Kenny Omega fans. I'm the best performer in the ring in the world right now. You can go to my matches and pay-per-views over the last three years and you can say I'm an idiot or you can be like, man, he's got a point. You know what I mean? As Reigns' late brother Matt, Rosie, an OI, told him, you have to be a little selfish to make it in the business. And someone who's going to front a multi-million dollar entertainment machine has to believe in himself. Is he going too far with this claim, though? I, I think he is. If you look at the talent like AJ Styles, I think you can't say Reigns is a better in-ring worker than AJ. But I do feel Reigns is putting it out in single competition, though, you know? Um, well, if you look at the other claims to the top guy, you know, it was passed on from John Cena. John Cena, you know, he's... He's not a great, the greatest worker, but if a great wrestler, then it is a great match. Yeah, yeah, but I, I feel Reigns, and people might argue, I think Reigns the better in-ring performer than Cena was. Yeah, you oh know, yeah, I, yeah. I think you know, as we, as we've seen with Reigns, I think he is a good worker, and he just needs to kind of earn that respect that way. I don't think he's put a foot wrong. Overall, it was, a, it was good, and he's bring it to the table with WC star asking the question straight up rather than you know talking about them. I really enjoyed it, and Reigns came across as really yeah. likable, you know? Yeah, but again, you know, another point in Reigns' defence, um, you know, he, he takes it upon himself. He's not just the big guy on screen. He, you know, he bosses the locker room. He yeah. took it upon himself to kick Enzo out of yeah. the tour bus, which, you know, everyone probably loved him for that, <laughs> especially me. You know, he goes up in my estimations a lot there. But, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think it is a, big responsibility to have yeah, you know it's yeah. kind of like being an on-site foreman yeah. you know you've got to make sure everyone's doing their job properly there's no arguments if someone's got a problem with someone else you break it up you try and sort it out you know so it's it's not just as i say you know in the ring it's behind the scenes and yeah. everywhere else I, I'm most definitely because the thing is exactly with enzo put his foot right put the foot wrong it's down to Reigns, like you said, to, to sort it out. It's his responsibility. People look towards him now to do that. And if you look at this year, no matter win-loss records for Reigns, beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania, beating John Cena on pay-per-view, not many people can say that. It's obvious Reigns is going to be the star of the future, and barring another hit of the mumps or whatever else he gets, he will be there. But I, I thought it was a good programme. Next new one was Table for Free. And only 17 minutes long and filmed Mania Weekend. This might have gone under the radar of most subscribers, but it wasn't too bad. So here's some of the notes. So Steamboat, Steamboat said, back in the day, Flair spent a lot. He was talking about the money he said. And then Flair said, said he spent three grand last night, you know. And for me, this sums up Ric Flair. He lives a Nature Boy style of life. Why he's got no money and why he's in such poor health. And I don't want to be horrible saying that about him, but... You know, you, you'll see it in a minute, you know. I mean, like I said, this is WrestleMania weekend, so before you had the major health issues. Anyway, back to chatting. Steamboat says he sees Flair once a month because Flair's still on the independent scenes signing the autographs. Flair shows off his watches and mentions he's the only guy paying free alimonies. And so basically, he's got three wives. He's still playing the divorce settlements too. Well, Sting's wife is mentioned and he married her two years ago. Yeah, and uh, they, they kind of talk about it, and they say, like, it's really good for Sting, and he, he's really good now. Uh, and then we move on, the Steamboat and Flair talk about their feud. And it was June 15th, 1977. It's the first angle between Steamboat and Flair. Rick busted up Steamboat, and he, like, marked his head up against the concrete floor. And it, it, it scarred him for life. Uh, Rick mentioned he'd been lucky with injury. And looking back at his record, he didn't have any major time off. 
And it's true, isn't it? I mean, Flair, I mean, you think about the, the big professional wrestlers. They all had long injury outs or, you know, people yeah. like that. Shawn Michaels, Triple H. But with Flair, I don't think, you know, he took any big risks. I, I don't know. I mean, he wrestled, you know, he he bet, wrestled 35 years, you know. Yeah, like, but, you, like, you know, the most risks he took was getting a flare bump when he tried climbing up the top rope. You know, he, he never successfully hit one. Well, I think he hit one or two. They talk about kayfabe, and there's a great story about the shop, if I can remember it. So one day, obviously back in the day with kayfabe, uh, a good guy and a bad guy couldn't be seen with each other. So they had to avoid them when they were travelling. And one day, Steamboat pulled into the service station, the gas station, to get something to eat. And he noticed Ric Flair was in there. And, of course, there was a lot of people around. And he thought, shit, what do I do, you know? And he thought, I- I'm going to try something. So he walks into the shop, walks right up to Ric Flair, turns him around and grabs him by the throat and says, you ever try what you did to me again, I'm going to beat you up, especially our next match. Flair's got this kind of look in his eye like he don't know what's going on. Steamboat stares at him, walks out. Fans are obviously going, oh, what's happened there? You know, what's going on? I can't believe that. Steamboat gets in the car and thinks, that's great. That's the angle worked. You know, we, we played that really well. Unfortunately, in the next couple of days, Flair comes up to Steamboat backstage and goes, what's your problem, man? What's your problem? Steamboat's like, what are you talking about? He goes, the way you, you were in the shop with me. He said, usually you're okay. He said, I'm playing kayfabe, Rick. You know, I'm trying to do it front of the fans. Rick's like, oh, we're okay, though. Fine. <laughs> But just imagine being a fan, like, you know what I mean? Seeing those two having an interaction, yeah. being like, fucking hell, it's actually real, you know? Um, they talk about how the production's improved nowadays, and then they move on to talk about the current product. Uh, they talk Banks and Charlotte few saying it reminds them of Steamboat and Flair, which I think is fair enough, isn't it? You know, obviously Rick's very proud of his daughter Charlotte. And uh, Flair inducted both Sting and Steamboat into the Hall of Fame, and then Flair's got a couple of interesting things to say about that. You know, what What can you say about Steve? I just, he knows how I feel, and uh, I think him coming last year was as big, if not bigger, than Kurt coming back this year. Yeah. It's so long overdue for you to be recognized, not just in the Hall. This guy's got more world championships than you and I combined. <laughs> he told me one time, Rick, the actual number is 35. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, great. Steve, are always great yeah. spending some time with you. This by far will be the best table of three they've ever had, by the way. <laughs> Just because of the dynamic fact that all three of us are here. Okay? <laughs> Thanks, guys, for the memories, the respect, and the Thank you, know, you Rick. It's, it's always fun to uh, bring up some of the stuff that, uh, that I have forgotten. Yeah. Ted Sting going into the Hall of Fame, maybe bigger than Kurt Angle, what, what do you think? Well, again, you know, you... You look at his WCW career, then, yeah, maybe you could possibly argue that he is. Because, you know, the massive impact he had on WCW, you know, he single-handedly took down the NWO. You know, he was he was a major player in WCW. And if, you know, you take that into account, then, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely... Uh, up there yeah no, I agree I think personally for me I think Kurt Angle for me was a bigger induction but like you say you've you got to respect what Sting has done in wrestling as opposed to WWE but it, I guess it is the wrestling Hall of Fame now but I mean it wasn't too bad was it Table 3 and it's 70 minutes long it's, it's harmless so you could watch that and straight to the source and not even do a half hour you could so it's well worth watching but let's move on and it's Ride Along well while Power Couple Lana and Rusev test each other's patience and devotion the fashion police patrols the highway in search of crime. Now, honestly, I was watching this. It's only 18 minutes long, and it's two of the most entertaining couples for me. I am such a huge fan of Rusev. Ha, ha, ha. Rusev. Ha, ha, ha. Then, 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 I love Rusev. 
Bree Zanger as well. Two great couples. Of course, real life husband and wife, Rusa Valana. And of course, Dan, your favourite, Bree Zango. Uh, <laughs> T-shirts are no-go at the start for Rusa and Fandango, as they both leave the arena shirtless. But Rusa decides to put a shirt on. Fandango, for the rest of the car drive, <laughs> is absolutely freezing his ass off. Uh, Rusev talks about Lana using the accolade and he says let's hope it works on top guys unlike my move does <laughs> which I find really funny because we all know the, the accolade does beat down most jobbers but you try and use it on a Cena and Orton and you're always going to get out of it Damn. so this is just a little clip of Lana and Rusev this is how silly Rusev is <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Fandango calling Kofi a dirtbag no, I think Kofi Kingston is a real big dirtbag. I'm not sure who y'all are talking to. I've heard that before. You know what I hate the most about him? What's that? The way he dresses. Which part attracts you? I don't like these tracks. But you're okay with Big E in the woods? Nah, I don't like him either. I hated Kofi from the day I met him. You know when you just meet someone and you know, hey, I like this guy? The moment I met Kofi, I realized I can never like this guy. Nice. He's not a good person. The worst. He's driving like a real Kofi Kingston. I hate Kofi. It's the worst. So is that a new thing you're going to be doing often? Is like mowing the lawn and undies? I got to mow the lawn. The neighbors came to me and complained that they thought it was a little inappropriate that you were mowing the lawn in a Speedo. They were like, our children, they don't know what to do when he's in his undies out there mowing the lawn. I'm not doing anything illegal. They can move out if they don't like it. I just said, in his country, they didn't get it, though. Yeah, so that's Ride Along, and uh, it's only a 20-minute programme. I'm sure they wouldn't complain about Lana Man alone in her. No, that's, that's true, but I find Rusev so entertaining. And I, I don't want to go with Vladimir Kozlov, but if he, he can interpret humour. Like, his tweets this year were saying, yeah, seen as a stand-up guy, yeah, you go, you go, Tiger. Uh, I think Rusev's just been so entertaining this year. And also, another new programme, and they brought it back, really, WWE Music Power 10. And this is October 2017, and it's basically the top 10 for October 2017 entrances. It's only a 20-minute programme, but Ty Dillinger features, and guess what number he is, Dan? Ten. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, there's some good ones. I wasn't too struck on Baron Corbin's entrance theme, End of Days, or whatever it's called, or something like that. But yeah, it's a new, new one now, they're plugging, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, all the others, I think, yeah, they've they've been brilliant. They've all, I think they're all featured on a CD that you've burned for me, yeah. legally, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, yeah, Tide Energy at number 10, Val Nakamura, Bobby Roode at the moment. Indeed, yes. Um, we're just about to find out who number one is. But, yeah, it's not too bad program. It's not, it's not a bad program. But it is a bit annoying watching entrance and not seeing any wrestling. <laughs> fans wanted it. Fans got it. But that's this Sunday. I want to focus on tonight. Finishing our countdown at number one is the team of Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. The Shield. The Hounds of Justice reunited for the first time in over three years, bringing back their iconic entrance. So The Shield are number one on the list. The W Music Power 10. It's now time for 205 Live, and we're going to catch up with this. And we start off November 20th, and it's episode 52. To start the show, Dickhead met with the Zoe Train to enjoy a nice Thanksgiving dinner. 
He got his goons matches against the guys they faced on Raw. If they do well tonight, he'll recommend that they get a shot at him. Drew Gulak was missing, but the gobbledygooker came in before being revealed as the gobbledygooker. <laughs> I like that, gulaka. That's just funny, that, yeah. Um, Innis! Innis! <laughs> Nigel McGuinness hyped up Tony Nese versus Mustafa Ali for later, and Vic Joseph talked about Aria Davari and Noam Dar facing Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. Well, Gulak came out for a street fight with Tazawa, actually dressed like he's ready for a street fight. Neat. <laughs> Gulak said that Amore is from the streets, and since he's Enzo adjacent, he's ready for a street fight. Gulak prepared to show off his newest PowerPoint slide, and even twirled and Tozawa showed him no respect and came down. And we see already Gulak has not had much success in this match because he's just been hit with a big kick to the chest, and now he's getting backed up into the corners with uh, chops and strikes and Tozawa. I mean, what are your thoughts on Tazawa? <laughs> I'm about to say that. <laughs> Beautiful right hand by Tazawa. Well, it looks like he's no longer part of uh, Titus Worldwide. <laughs> you know, Titus O'Neil's kind of dropped dropped it with him, I think. You yeah. know, he's uh, he's kind of fallen out of favour, isn't he? Yeah, this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, he was treated as a kind of main event to the Cruiserweight scene with Neville. And then since Enzo's come in, he's, like I said, kind of been forgotten about. And there's only so many things... You can say about him, you like his fantastic suicide dive that he hits before it become, becomes repetitive, and you've you've got to kind of see like say some character development. If the uh, Apollo Crews thing, uh, if the Titus and Neil thing's over, then that's it. He goes diving to the outside. Oh, but Gulak catches him and well walks him backwards to the ramp and suplexes him on that steel rampway there. Oh my god! Well, this is a street fight. Anything can happen, but. You know, it's like with Gulak, we're seeing more and more each week. Even the opening of 205 Live, seeing him dressed up as a gobbledygooker. He doesn't mind, you know, having a joke and a character. With Tazawa, he's still got the things you like, but it's it's the whole thing. It's like Dolph Ziggler situation, isn't it? You know, if you can only go one place, then what can you do? Being Akira Tazawa, I don't think he's got, like, much of a personality. He does need a hype man in his corner. Yeah, I, I, I agree with it. But then again, I wouldn't mind seeing him giving a chance on, like, uh, SmackDown or something like that, or going to NXT and see if he can have a little bit of success. And try something a little bit different rather than being in the Cruiserweight division because I don't think mid-card on Cruiserweight, you're really going to get anywhere. You know, you, you're, beh- you're behind Enzo at the moment. And, like, it, I don't think it's a good thing, you know. But I, we might be wrong. Man, at the moment, it's not been a bad match, is it? Cesaro is a good in-ring competitor and he, he's had his problems with... Uh, Gulak the past few weeks. So. Yeah, and we've you know we've admired Gulak as well. I think you know he's a great worker in the ring. Yeah, well I think at the moment kids, I think Gulak's on his way up, and I think Tazawa's kind of stifled in the middle a little bit, you know. Yeah. And I think this is a problem as Gulak's got a sign now. That says no chance. Obviously directed at Tazawa's ah 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 <laughs> chance. Hits him in the midsection with probably the sharp end of the stick and. Uh, Goes for a cover, but Tazawa managing to kick out. Ah. Now Gulak's looking for some weapons. There's a fucking tool backstage. Yeah, well, he's got the chairs. This match is going to be taken to the extreme in a minute. Two chairs and a sign in the ring. Oh, my God. And Gulak is not happy, man. Do you remember when a street fight used to be trash cans, yeah. thumbtacks, <laughs> table set alight? Barbed wire. Barbed wire wrapped around a two yeah. by four. But now it's a PG era, so you know, two or five live. It's what we're going to get. And he set up the chair. It's on the chair and slaps him so he falls off backwards. Okay. That's a good use of a chair. Yeah. 
we can't be too negative, though. Do you know what I mean? We've got to start. Nah. We've got to end this year. We, 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 we're going to have complaints about how negative we've become on this podcast. But we are positive. We like interesting, exciting things, you know. Sure, when we get to NXT update later, it will be a, a different vibe. That'll probably be a different vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah but this is this is land of Enzo at the moment, and and Gulak, one of his many minions, is in control of this, and he sets up the sign. But it's a good thing with Two O Five Live. I can cut out what I want. <laughs> you know, like Two O Five Live could be half hour long. You know, I just <coughs> cut all the Enzo dross. And Tazawa's gone dead weight after being slapped off that chair. Gulak trying to slam Tazawa. But Tazawa's going dead weight now and he's trying to fight out from Gulak. Oh, the elbow strikes to the back of his head. But a couple of slaps from Gulak stops Tazawa's momentum. Tried throwing him through that no chance sign, but Tazawa it and hit Gulak onto it. Oh, that didn't look very nice there. The sign kind of snaps in an awkward position. He might have been impaled by that one. It gives Tom Tazawa... Gives Akira time to recover. Gulak, I don't think, knows where he is. And Akira rolling to the outside. Oh, now Tozawa's going to get some weapons of his own. Oh, he's getting a table. Oh, well. Tozawa, get the table. The biggest cheer of the night so far is for the table. Fans love tables, don't they? You know, we love to. I, mean, I love tables. Yeah. <laughs> Throws it in the ring. He's going to use it on Gulak if he can sell it up. But he's taking his time. Manages to get the legs up. No. Oh, but Gulak cuts him off. Oh, but Gulak now is going to suplex. Oh! Suplexes Tazawa into the second turnbuckle. Goes for a cover. Tazawa managing to kick out. Oh. One thing I appreciate about Gulak there was the cover that he gave. He put all his top body weight across Tazawa. And you can see the kind of technical things he does. Even though he's in a street fight and they're basically trying to turn him into a comedy character, he's still got that kind of... uh, Technical skill there, though, which I can always appreciate. But can he set up a table? This is the question. Tazawa gets out of harm's way. Well, I wonder what he's going to drew with that table. <laughs> yeah, well, if there's anything that happens with a sign, it won't be a great thing. Indeed, yes. But have you noticed what Gulak's got written on the back of his hand tape? No, what? Power point. Oh, bring it, yeah. Tazawa throws Gulak over the announce table. Now he's rearranging the furniture. That gets another big cheer from the fans. Oh, now Tazawa screaming. Gulak in trouble. Oh, running sent on off the table. Sends Gulak down. I think Tazawa hurt his back more than he hurt Gulak, though. <laughs> Did he slip? No, he just flipped. No, he just landed really awkwardly. Now, ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. I'm about to say both men struggling to get to the feet, but Tazawa already up. Tazawa throwing Gulak in and the referee checking him to make sure he's all right. Oh, and Tazawa looking to get some more furniture from underneath the ring. If it goes the same way as the table, then Tazawa's going to come off worse. And where is he going? Uh-oh. He's had to look for that, hasn't he? Indeed. Oh, trash can and a kendo stick. And now Tazawa's got, like you said, the trash can. Gulak can't defend himself. Uh-oh. And he puts a trash can over Gulak's head. The old trash can over the head trick. Ringing oh. into Gulak. Well, it's Christmas time. The bells will be ringing. And now Gulak falls on top. Oh, he's in a precarious position here. Ah, ah, ah. Sent on off the top. Oh, Tazawa looking to go up. Shoulder straight on Gulak. At least he broke the table. One, two, three. And that wasn't actually a terrible match. It started off a bit slow and a bit droll, but no, you know, got into it. 
Yeah, exactly. Weren't too bad in the end. We saw a couple of spots there that were uh, worthwhile, I suppose, weren't they? You know, it's uh, it's all good. But anyway, we do move on. We do, yes. And uh, one of Japan's deadliest strikers is coming to 205 Live. And we get a hype video for Hideo Itami. So what do you think about Hideo Itami then coming to 205 Live? I, d- I think he's better than 205 Live. No disrespect to some of these guys here, but... But then again, you know, I'd rather him be a bigger fish on 205 Live than get lost in the shuffle on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I think the thing is, this is his last chance, isn't it, for Itami? He's been, he's had a couple of big injuries with uh, WWE and NXT. Not really made it to superstar status like they thought he was going to. I think if he doesn't work out on 205 Live, I think most definitely this will be the end of him. But wouldn't it be great, though, to see him GTSing Enzo Moore, Dan? Oh, I mean, that would be beautiful. We want to see that. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, anyway, Nisa nice and talked about how Itami should get on the same page as the Zoe train, while everyone was absolutely disgusted. Alexander came in and mocked Amore for having turkeys, and Ali called them all brown noses. And Moray threatened Nice and told him to do better than Gulak did. So Mustafa Ali comes out to face uh, Tony Nice. Well, Nice posed and Ali lost the collar and elbow tie-up. Ali flipped around and posed. Nice went outside and Ali hit a somersault cannonball off the top to the floor. This was absolutely beautiful and even he did another roll after hitting the move. Ali went on the barricade and got crotched. And Nice locked on a long chin lock, which McGuinness put over as a way to wear Ali down for the later portions of the match. Ali used the baseball slide to avoid a shot in the buckle and hit a high kick before a face buster got to. Ali hit a jumping tornado DDT for a close near fall. Nice drove Ali into the post before trapping him in the corner and hitting the running knee strike to win it. I don't know. We met with the other goons who told on them they'd make him even prouder. He said he wasn't proud of Gulak who hung his, hung his head in shame in the Gooka suit before asking if he could please use the restroom. So um, they may be turning Gulak face because he failed Enzo Amore here, you know? Well, Amore then came out and did his sing-along promo for Swan's theme, interrupted them, and our main event, Dan, is... Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan versus Namdaria Davari. Davari slugged away at Alexander's start and tossed him violently into the buckle. Swan came in and got a quick two count. Dar and Alexander then made their way in. Dar and Alexander then made their way in and Dar avoided lumbar check. Alexander went for a head scissors, but Dar kicked him in the ribs for two. Two. Dar worked on his arm and got a two count. Two. <laughs> Davari tagged in, applied a chin lock. Alexander tried to make a tag, but Davari pulled him back. Yeah. So they've been working on Alexander for the majority of the match. He's just got out of Davari's reaches. Dar's in, Dar's out. Davari's got Alexander again. Rolls, Rolls through. through. Oh, tag to Rich Swan. Yeah, he comes in. He's on fire, baby. Couple of big clotheslines. Nice spinning heel kitchen. Oh, Ooh. goes running in towards Davari's in the corner, but Davari gets a foot up. Oh, that's beautiful. Second rope, Hurricane Runner by Rich Swan. Go for the cover. Oh, Davari kicks out. Oh. I just love Rich Swan's facials as well. He hits the eyebrow like Roger Moore. Is he going up for the Phoenix Splash? I think he is. Dar's distracting the referee. Enzo gets kicked off. No, he gets uh, Swan's leg. Crutches him on the top. Oh, Enzo crutches Swan. And Davari now in a position. Frog splash. Oh, my One, God. Two. Oh. oh, but Swan manages to kick out. Oh. And Enzo shouting at Davari and Dar. They're going to put Rich Swan in position. Here comes now. Dar, the man. There we go. We haven't seen a lot of him recently. The well, Scottish supernova. 
He should be fighting Enzo rather than being a friend of him. And oh, he's got caught by Swan. Two. Oh, but Dar manages to kick out. Oh, fuck. Talk about a kick out. Rich Swan just kicked Dar's lights out. Come on, ref. Enzo's up on the apron. Gets dragged off by Cedric Alexander, though. He's been beaten up a lot. Davari goes to kick Alexander. <laughs> Back elbow by Cedric. Go on, choke the life out of the scrawny little cunt. And now he's got hold of Enzo, as you can hear from Dar. Choke him! Choke him! No, I'm dull. With the save. Baseball side, the back of Alexander's head. Oh, my, that's disgusting. Enzo hugging Noam Dar. Oh! Rich kick. Now Sets Rich- him up for the Phoenix splash, perhaps. Yeah, Rich one to the top. Oh! It, beautiful. One, two, three. Oh. Good night, Noam. Oh, but Enzo in, and now he's beating down Rich Swan. And now Davari beating him down. And Enzo backing up Rich Swan in the corner. Alexander getting beaten down by Davari and Dar. I mean, this is an assault by the Zotrain. I hate even saying that, Dan. You know, I hate even saying that myself. Now Dar beating up Alexander. <laughs> Referees can't do anything about it. Akira Tozawa hobbling down. Mustafa Ali. Oh! But Tony Nice and Drew Gulak cut them off before they even get a chance to get in the ring and make the save. Tazar into the ring steps thanks to Gulak. And Ali into the ring post <laughs> thanks to Tony Nice and he gets turned inside out. And Enzo with his God, I don't know, goons, I would say. Well, that was horrible, wasn't it, Dan? It was awful. Mm. Oh, fuck oh. off. Do you know, when we heard Enzo Moore's come to five Live, I did worry. And now I think... Have been made, uh, <clears throat> have, have come to life really. Dan, what are your thoughts on this? Um, awful. Absolutely awful. It's a dark day for the cruiserweight division. So we move on. And up next, we, November 28th, episode 53 of 205 Live. Well, before the open, we get a recap of general manager Kurt Angle announced fatal four ways, which will get us to a number one contenders match. And Rich Swan. Won the first one on Raw. Next week's match is the four guys who will face each other in tag action tonight. Drew Gulak, Tony Nese, Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Nigel McGuinness and Vic Joseph welcome us to the show and tell us that in addition to the tag match, we're also getting Cali Stowe versus Jack Gallagher tonight. Well, it's the one-year anniversary of 205 Live on the network. <laughs> they really know how to celebrate. Well, the champ is out with Alamdar for the usual song and dance about the Zoe train and how he's responsible for the cruise rates getting more opportunities. Enzo Mori tells Dar he has to redeem himself tonight after losing last night in the fatal four-way. So, Rich Swan versus Noam Dar. Well, Mori yelled at Noam throughout to motivate him. So, Noam Dar back in singles action. Again with Noam Dar, he's just completely dropped off the mat and you could replace him in this group with any of the cruiserweights and it wouldn't really matter now, you know. I think with Alicia Fox, there was a gimmick there that they could have gone have a lot of mileage out of, you know, and had Dar maybe transition to Raw or SmackDown full-time or even NXT in that character. But then Alicia Fox has made a, a arguably a bigger name out of herself. I, I think she has, yeah, I think she has. You she, know, doing a crazy like a Fox uh, shtip. Yeah. And she was captain of the, uh, the Raw women to win the match. I, I completely agree. Exactly. So they've obviously got plans for her. And with Noam Dar, uh, he's kind of fallen by the wayside. I don't want to see him wasted like this, you know. And my problem is, is that if he went away and an independent and made a bigger name for himself, like we've seen him before do with great matches, 
then come back and have more opportunity, you know. I don't think being on 205 Well, wouldn't you like to see him get kicked out of the Zoe train? (laughs) Just don't. Yeah, but I did use air quotes. Yeah, I know you did, you did. After he gets to, you know, after he threatens to kick him out of his faction after he keeps losing, because, you know, Dar has been on a bit of a losing streak. He's like, right, sod this then, and he goes after Enzo. Great guns. Yeah, but will they get behind him? I mean, at the moment in this match, he's in a little bit of trouble with Rich Swan on the top. Phoenix Splash. Bang! Hits it. One, two, three. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a disappointing match. We kind of knew what was going to happen. After the loss, though, threats to kick him off the train, which is only for winners. Dar wants another shot. The champ says there might not be one. So that's probably it for Dar now. So can I just say that your guy Dar's not even to hang around with Enzo. That's when you know you have failed this. Who's your free cruiserweights? What's happened to TJ Perkins? TJ Perkins has disappeared. <laughs> yeah, TJP's gone, hasn't he? <laughs> um, Kota Ibushi was one of yours. And Grandma Talik, yeah, he's uh, every now and again, but... Come on, let's, let's, let's say oh, all our cruiserweights are doing shit at the moment. <laughs> well, one of yours is there. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Backstage, Dasha Fuentes chats with Kalisto, who talks about how hard it's been to live with losing the title. He vows to start working his way back to the top, starting tonight. All right, so then we move on to the next match, which is Dakar going against Kalisto. And we see Jack in the early game being so aggressive. Over Kalisto, wearing it down. Of course, he's got Brian Kendrick in his uh, in his corner, teaching him how to be a bad. He- Can he fight out? I don't know. Doesn't look like it at the moment. He's talking. Oh, the a roll up by Kalisto, and he rolls through, kicks Gallagher in the head. Oh my god, that's the first time in this match. Kalisto's finally come to life. Gallagher's a bit woozy. Oh, and another kick to the head sends Gallagher around. Oh, and another step up kick to the face. And Kalisto's going to come in now. Springboard. Oh, like a seated senton. Takes Gallagher down. Go up again. Oh, and a short hurricane runner. Bounces him face first into the mat. Now Gallagher's in serious Lu- trouble. Cha. Lu. Cha. Lu. Cha. Even that chant no one cares about anymore. Just no. give up on it. And now he's in trouble. Jack is. Salida del Sol. Can he capitalise on it? No, Kendrick comes in and breaks it up. Brian Kendrick, what are you doing? <clears throat> so it seems that Alexander and Swan have been replaced in this feud by Kalisto then, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Alexander and Swan have taken up Kalisto's feud with Enzo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I suppose they're all fitting into place as Kalisto's getting beaten down here by... Kendrick's jacket. Yeah, Jack, the jacket is beating the crap out of him. He's and not Jacket Gallagher. No, <laughs> he's oh, he's it's like a straight jacket, you see, so he can't defend himself. And a headbutt to the collarbone. And Kalisto may have won the match, but he certainly lost the battle. That is it. I mean, what what can we say about? There's nothing we can say really. We can only call what we sees. Yes, and we calls it as we sees we it. We do. Anyway, up next. Next, a highlight package for Hideo Itami Ez. And in the locker room, Swan, Alexander and Ali talk about Itami's arrival. Cedric thinks he'll be facing Rich for the title shot, which Mustafa doesn't appreciate. Alexander and Ali agree to worry about that Monday and take care of the Zoe train tonight. 
Well, before the main event, the heel duo are out for some mic time because obviously they need it. Amore told him he thinks Nice and Gulak should be called Team PowerPoint because Tony is the power while Drew makes good points. Justice League references are next. There's Nice's Aquaman, Gulak is Batman, and they vow to win tonight for their Superman, Enzo. And hopefully, like Superman and Batman versus Superman, there. Drew teases some slides, but is denied by their opponents. Entrance and our main event, Dan, is... Drew Gulak and Tony Nice going against Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. So at the moment, Ali's been worked on by Team PowerPoint, looking to tag in Alexander. And Nice, such impressive. I mean, you know, looks like a heavyweight, fights like a cruiserweight. Gets caught with a dropkick though by Ali. Tags in Cedric, and these two guys got a little bit of a problem, but I think everything's fine. Oh, now Gulak's been tagged in. Oh, very athletic there by Cedric. A lovely drop kick nips up to his feet. And the empty seats and the fans don't care as he goes for the pin, but only a one. Well, Nice knocked off the eighth and Alexander hits Gulak with a big back elbow. Springboarding now and oh, Nice pulls Alexander's arms out. Gulak up. Oh, Nice Alexander and he tumbles to the wafer thin mats outside. Nice there knocking down Alexander. And now Alexander get beaten up until the hot tag to Ali. Come on. What was better? This is the quickest two I five or NXT. NXT. I think NXT was better this <laughs> month and I haven't even seen it yet. Side headlock, Alexander trying to get out. Finally gets a tag to Mustafa Ali. Who runs through Tony Nice. Irish whip attempt reversed by Nice. But Ali counters with a lovely drop kick. Stops Gulak from getting into the ring with a lovely drop kick on him. And he's lighting up Nice with a big chop. Oh, nice slide by Ali, avoiding the contact of Nice. Connects with a huge kick to the face. Trying to get the crowd into it. Probably not going to work. Oh, Ooh, lovely X factor there. One, two. Oh. oh. But Nice managing to kick out. Oh. The fans certainly aren't feeling this. No, they're not. And he went to tag Alexander and... And Cedric not there, and oh, Nice responds with a big forearm to the face of Ali. But he runs into a big boot from Ali. There's a bit of a comeback from him. Yeah, credit to him. He's on top now. Oh, he was until he got crushed by Nice. But Alexander, I think, oh, I thought he just had a blind, blind tag his way in. But referee can't see it, and Nice now looking to suplex Ali. Well, the referee saw it. I think referee said, it. I don't think Nice saw it because he's on top of Alexander. He's got Nice up for the electric chair. <laughs> yeah. He's in trouble. Big oh. crossbody from Ali. Cover by Cedric. Gulak with the save. Yeah, Gulak's kind of the star at the moment of the uh, the Zoe train coming and saving his partner now. Team PowerPoint. Nice has the power. Gulak makes good points. Well, Gulak's just been thrown over the top rope by Ali. And now uh, he wants a tag by Alexander. Oh, he gives it to him. And a tag. Here comes Alexander. Oh, flies through. Takes out Gulak. Well, Ali's got Nice. Uh-oh, Nice throws Ali into Alexander. Rolls him up, two, three. Oh, oh the miscommunication there, but Nice gets another victory here. Nice, he's totting him up at the moment. Well, Alexander and argue while Enzo joins Team PowerPoint for a celebration to end the show. Well, the future of WWE's Cruiserweight division currently feels pretty up in the air, and the pun... Is intended. It's in their raw profile with multiple matches on the main card at the TLC pay-per-view failed to create sustained viewership increases. They also reports the Cruiserweight's network show 205 Live might be moving away from the live part of its name soon. There remains signs the company's not given up on turning Division into a hit. 
205 Live branded house shows are coming in the new year. No, it's a conservative sounding plan. Two a month run over a single weekend in a smaller venues, possibly even the same ones used to NXT shows outside of Florida. The first ones are said to be coming January 18th to the 20th to the Northeast. Aside from those dates and a similar weekend in February, it reports nothing has been set in stone and it's been seen as something of an experiment. Well, here are the first three dates. Tickets for all three go on sale Friday, December the 8th. Well, Friday, January 19th, 28th at the Ryan Centre. Saturday, January the 20th, 2018 is at Lowell at the Lowell Auditorium. Sunday, January the 21st, 2018, Poughkeepsie, New York, Mid-Hudson Civic Centre. Yeah, optimistically, this would be the next part of a plan Vincent Mann laid out to investors in February of this year, whereby the 205 Live brand will become a standalone source of revenue for the company. That could lead to more money for its wrestlers from their cut merchandise and ticket sales. Well, realistically, it's worth asking if fans aren't interested in tuning in for episodes and segments which features these acts. Will they buy tickets just to see them? Perhaps those who aren't interested are the more mainstream WWE watchers and a Cruiserweight-only card will will attract more independent wrestling fans. It's probably worth a two-month experiment to answer that question. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting what they've done. I don't know how much you know how much money they are going to make, but we'll see what happens in the in the upcoming month. But anyway, we move on to episode episode three of our two hundred five live episode fifty four, fifth uh, December, and we start with highlights from Raw. Enzo Mori talking up the Zoe train, then Drew Gulak pinning Cedric Alexander to earn the right to face Rich Swan in a number one contendership match next Monday. Well, Nigel McGuinness and Vic Joseph to the show telling us we'll be getting Rich Swan versus Tony Nice and Grand Metallic versus D. Brian Kendrick. Yes, well, Drew Gulak is out to start the show. He has some things to tell us on behalf of his mentor. Enzo even gave him his mic to use. There's going to be a PowerPoint presentation until that darn Cedric Alexander cuts it off. If, I, if Alexander hadn't interrupted, Drew would have shown us a slide about how strong leaders delegate. And Gulak is delegate. Oh, I'm Dar is more competitive in this match than he was against Rich Swan And Gulak saying to him, to, don't hit any high-flying moves. Just do silly taunts. And he's going to go for the elbow on Alexander. Oh, he gets turned round, rolled up by Cedric. But Dar manages to kick out. And oh, oh a lovely handspring back kick there from Alexander. Setting him up for the... Lumbar check. It's all too easy, isn't it? Remember, Dar used to be competitive One, with Cedric. One, two, three. Good night, Dar. And Cedric Alexander looking at Gulak, and he's got the problem with him. So it means Dar's even less used. I mean, come on. Anyway, move on. After we reminded about 205 Live's upcoming house shows, Mustafa Ali, Akira Tozawa, and Rich Swan are discussing how excited they are about them in the back. Dasha Fuentes approaches to ask Rich about his match tonight. The former champ says he's dealt with a lot of adversity in his past, so he's not worried about tonight. He's going to stay classy, San Diego, and take care of Tony Nice. After a recap of Jack Kendrick's attack on Kalista last week, an interview with Kendrick from earlier today is shown. He is angry because he's had to fight for his opportunities while Kalisto's been handed his. And then we move on to the next match, the Brian Kendrick, and he defeated Grand Metallic via submission with the captain's hook. Well, Gallagher got involved in this... Match when things spilled into the crowd midway through the five-plus minute match. But Metallic fought his back in. He looked to take the upper hand for good when he slipped out the slice of bread. <clears throat> number two attempt. 
but Kendrick shoved him into the post, delivered some knees and locked in his choke. There's a quick recap of Nia Jax and Enzo's new angle. Then we see Gulak having a meeting with his O-Train, since he has the microphone of leadership. He wants Von taken out there to make things easier for him on Monday, but Davari, while counting his fun coupons, questions Drew, trying to take over in the champ's absence. Gulak tells Davari Amore will deal with him when he gets back, which quiets him down. He makes the Justice League comparison and says Aria is their Wonder Woman. <laughs> he initially doesn't like that, but when Drew says that it's because of his fighting ability and fashion sense, he gets on board. <laughs> uh, we then see another video for Hideo Tami's arrival. And then we move on to our main event, which is... Rich Swan with Cedric Alexander going against Tony Nice with Drew Gulak. Well, it's a back and forth affair, which saw no interference. Gulak got in Swan's face when the action went to the floor, but Cedric backed him off. So we're just going to watch the end of this now. And Nice has been on a little bit of a roll recently. Of course, so is Rich Swan going to face Gulak on Monday. And now getting a little bit of a comeback. He's feeling his neck, but he's working with the kicks and the clothesline. Taking him down, backs him up into the corner. But Nice with a big boot on the second rope. Oh, takes him down with Hurricane Rana. One, two... Nice with the kick out. Ah, and you see Alexander's out here to help his buddy, Rich Swan. I think he's more here to kind of even the numbers up. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't like Drew Gulak either because of what happened. So it all makes a little bit of sense as Rich Swan looking to maybe butterfly suplex Nice. Oh, but Swan rolls through after Nice with the backslide. Nice with a kick, but Swan rolls him up for the pin, but Nice kicks out too. Ah, two. Oh, that's nice by Nice. Rolls through with a pump handle and plants him. Rich Swan <laughs> slapped Nice right across the face. Nice backed him up though. Like, and follows it up with a big elbow. And now rolls him into the ropes and Swan, big boot. Got Nice again, picks him up. Nice, to his credit, rolls out of it. Oh, but gets bit, met with a big kick and a few knees. Nice looking for the leg sweep, but Swan jumped over it and delivers a couple of thunderous kicks of his own. Now his Nice in position for Rich Swan to go up. Phoenix splash. Well, we've seen him hit two in the past two. Is it going to be three for three here? Rich Swan. Oh, oh straight on the money. Two, three. And Rich Swan beats Tony Nice and he goes on to face Drew Gulak on Monday for number contendership. Gulak cannot believe what has happened here. Uh-oh. Gulak has hit the air horn function of his mic megaphone. Well, here comes the Zoe train. It's going to be a four-on-two assault here. My God, they're surrounding the ring here, Dan. And Rich Swan now. He's dancing and pointing to his brain. And why is he smirking? He's not smoking, James. He's got a grin on his face because he's got a very good plan. Oh, and that plan is coming into fruition. Yeah, they don't like it when the numbers are the same, do you? And uh, the ring is obviously uh, surrounded by an invisible force field that's stopping the faces from running after their foes. <laughs> it always is. Yeah, these two men, Gulak and Swan, will face off on Raw for Lumberg Tennisship of the Cruiserweight title. So we move on to our le- last episode of 205 Live. And we had some huge news last weekend, didn't we, concerning Rich Swan, Dan? Well, earlier this morning, Sunday... At 12.09am in Gainesville, Florida, 205 Live star Rich Swan was arrested and charged with kidnapping, false imprisonment for an adult, 
Uh, a third degree felony in Florida that is punishable with up to five years in prison and a $5,000 fine. If Swan was also charged with battery, touching or striking a first degree misdemeanor, which is punishable with up to one year in jail or 12 months probation and a $1,000 fine if convicted. Swan has been held in county jail where his mugshot was released. And we've both seen a picture of that, Dan. What, what, <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, certainly, so I, I do like the way they do mugshots because it does it. It just makes them look like they're so low down and dirty. You know what I mean? It's like they, you know, the former cruiserweight champ was scheduled to face Drew Gulak on this week's episode of Raw for the number one contender spot. The winner would go on to face Enzo. Working in a number of promotions since 2008, Swan was signed by WWE in October of 2015 and worked in the cruiserweight classic in 2016. He won the Cruiserweight Championship by defeating Brian Kendrick on the premiere episode of 205 Live and has made regular appearances on Raw since then. Well, this is the update from the Gainesville Police and they tweeted out Swan's mugshot and of police support. Uh, due to numerous national media requests, according to the report, the victim was too young of Venerar Riggs. Swan was driving a car and apparently began critiquing Riggs' performance at a wrestling show early in the night. Someone was said to get angry, and Riggs got scared that the argument was going to escalate, and eventually jumped out the car. The report continues, Swan stopped the car in traffic, yelled for her to return, and ended up putting her in a headlock and dragged her back to the vehicle. One witness said Riggs was scared and yelled for help as they drove away. Another witness said the car stopped in traffic, wasn't placed into park, and rolled until it hit a telephone pole. Riggs said Swan has a temper sometimes, and felt the argument was going to escalate into a physical violence. That's why she left the car. Well, Swan said he didn't physically touch her, and he just wanted to get home because her phone had the GPS on it. According to the report, they had been together for five years. Dan, what do you think? This is this is horrible news, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Well, it is probably the second most horrible thing that has happened the past week in news. The first is... Enzo and Nijax. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... But it, it is horrible news. But again, you know, it, I, I think it's kind of blown out of proportion. I know you shouldn't lay hands on a female, and yeah. that is completely wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you know, an onlooker said he got her in a headlock and dragged her to the car. So you think this is more of a private thing than rather t- to be publicised then? I do, yes. Um, You know, I, I think Raw have been quite gracious. I haven't mentioned much about it. You know, regarding to the second chance f- fatal four-way match that was that happened on Raw. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, just, I think it is. It is it, probably been blown a bit out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, it, it is horrible news anyway. Like I said, you should never put your hands on a, a female. But it, it's just the kind of thing. Rich Swan is. It's so against the cat we know in wrestling. You know, that kind yeah. of happy-go-lucky guy. And now to know he's had a kind of temper, kind of, it does put you off him. And like I said, you know, guilty, uh, innocent until proven guilty even uh, in, in that case. But, I mean, WWE have now suspended him and until uh, further inquiries. I mean, I'll be very surprised if Rich Swan was to come back. And that reminds me of a, was it a picture you sent me? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So if you look at the former Cruiserweight champions, uh, one of the best they had has left, which, which was is Austin which Aries. is Austin Aries. You got one. The other is under dispute, which is Neville. Yeah. The former champ has been arrested, which is uh, Rich Swan. And the current is a shit one, which of course everyone knows is Enzo Amore. So that's the uh, cruiserweight division for you. But anyway, will the fallout from the horrible real world life situation forces changes to the cruiserweight title scene? 
back and building up a few potential threats to Enzo's Cruiserweight Championship reign. The certified G has Nia Jax on his mind, and the model slash wrestler is proving to be a bit of a distraction. Zoe's interest in Nia could also be driving a wedge between him and his right-hand man, Drew Gabagulak, right when Drew is on the verge of becoming number one contender. Well, to do that, he'll have to beat Cedric Alexander, and Cedric earn the right to replace Rich Swan in a number one contenders match, which... We've, co- we've often made the comparison of Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander, but to outright replace him for him, you know, to out to replace Swan for Alexander is just... They must be listening to us. Yeah, exactly. You know, how yeah. many people would notice? Oh, I know. We, we have said this for a year. We were joking about it, and it seems WWE every time, yeah, have replaced one with the other when it comes to injury and stuff, you know? Uh, and like you said, yeah, they've... We'll find out who the new Cruiserweight champion is next week on Raw with Gulak and Alexander. And Alexander had his chance and uh, became got into that match by winning on Raw, didn't he? But we'll talk about Raw and SmackDown in a little bit. Um, there's also been more teases for Hideo Itami's arrival and maybe some advancement in the Jack Gallagher and the Brian Kendrick versus Kalisto angle. Yeah, so let's get started then. So it's 12th of the 12th, episode 55. And like I said, we see a recap of Raw's replacement Fatal 4 way, won by Cedric Alexander for the right to face Drew Gulak in a number one contendership match. Well, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness bring us into tonight's show, which they inform <laughs> us will feature Kalisto versus Jack Gallagher. Do you know what's funny now? You, <laughs> it's that people think that you've got a bad Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness. It sounds just like him. Well, Drew Gulak is here to talk up his showdown with Cedric, which he says he'll win so he can go on to face his Enzo Amore. Drew took... <laughs> Drew talks up one member of the Zoe train, Avril Davari, will be facing Alexander in a second, and Cole said a Grinch for stealing Davari's opportunity to be in a number one contendership match. Gulak also reveals that Naam Dar suffered a knee injury and is set for surgery. And to honour his fallen mate, Gulak has prepared a special PowerPoint presentation, which of course is interrupted by Cedric's music. Oh, come on. You get to see a full PowerPoint presentation. Oh. Do you reckon that should be a feature on... On the network somewhere, like, you know, the whole of Gulak PowerPoint idea. presentation. Genius idea. Do you know what they did as well? You know, we'll talk about the broken Matt Hardy thing uh, when he was laughing. They WWE released a video last week of 10 hours of Matt Hardy laughing in a row. I mean, uh, for me, it's genius. I mean, just imagine if Gulak's presentation went on for like 10 hours on the network. You'd put it on and have it as background, you know. It'd be, be a thing of beauty. So anyway, on to our first... Um, yep, and that's Aria Davari taking on Cedric Alexander. Alexander wins via pinfall following the lumbar check. Alexander was in control early until he went to the top rope and was distracted by Gulak stri- screaming at him to get down, which allowed Davari to attack from behind. Drew clotheslined Cedric on the floor while the referee pulled Aria off Alexander. Uh, back and forth, eventually, Davari climbs up the top and waves off Drew when he tells him to get down. A splash gets a near fall, but also hurts Aria's already injured taped ribs. It creates an opening for Cedric's finisher. Well, afterwards, the two men who will face each other next Monday stare each other down. Gulak, Davari and Tony Lisa are joined by Enzo Mori in the bank. Uh, in the back. The champ isn't happy Drew called a meeting without him, but Gulak says it's possible that he can the belt soon. So, Zoe is shocked and insulted by this, and when Nice tries to smooth things over, he gets verbally assaulted by Amore. The certified G says they need to appreciate him since he saved 205 Live. 
He takes a second to calm down, then rallies the troops and promises to be the best leader possible. He'll prove it when he faces Nice later on, and he wants Drew and Davari at ringside. Well, more talking, this time in the ring with the Brian Kendrick, who is upset because Kalisto continues tis and continues to squander them. A year ago, he was cruiserweight champion, but still hasn't received another chance at the belt. Gallagher takes the mic and says that he warned the luchador to stay away. If he comes out here tonight, Jack said he's springboarding into a spider's nest. And here he comes to do just that, I guess. Oh, here comes Kalisto, and it's going to be him versus Jack Gallagher. And Kendrick got involved early on. His distraction allowed Jack to send Kalisto knee into the ring post. He worked the leg of the match. You can see Kalisto is in serious trouble right now. Well, it's the best way to fight a luchador. I mean, they can't springboard and jump about while he's got a bad leg. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And it likes it. He can't, he can't uh, use basically 75% of his uh, moves. I mean, even trying to hit the Salida del Sol is going to be difficult for him. And we know how good uh, Jack Gallagher is in recent times, just kind of being this nasty type wrestler. All the fun's gone from Jack, and he just grinds you down. And he's got Kalisto in a tree of woe. And he's working over that. Left, right leg. And he's just twisting Kalisto in all sorts of positions. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, that was quite impressive. Well, he certainly split the difference with Kalisto. <laughs> Jack going for the pin. Is it going to be over? No. Kalisto managing to kick out. Oh. And now Jack just grabbing a leg. And Kalisto trying to use the ropes. Trying to use any way to get out of this. Kicks Jack to the face. Oh, that's brilliant by Gallagher. Though. Straight down. Straight again wearing the leg. Gallagher. Oh, my God. He's just twisting that leg in ways it shouldn't be possible. No, the torque on that leg. I mean, the ankle, the knee. Even as far as the hip. And Kalisto might have to tap out in a minute. But Kalisto, Kalisto no. Yeah, he's using his other leg to try and kick Gallagher off. And Gallagher has been all over Kalisto since he injured his leg. And now he's mocking his injured opponent. He's trying to bring the Luch chant back. Double foot stomp. Kalisto finally fighting back. Oh. Uh, until Gallagher just rams his knee straight into Kalisto's injured leg and, yeah, you know, he gives him a dead leg. Uh, impressed by Jack, they managing to carry over Kalisto's weight. Got a leg behind the neck, wrenching away. But can Kalisto recover on just one leg? Jack come running in. Oh, sidesteps, throws Gallagher out, but somehow Gallagher manages to land on his feet, rolls his way back into the ring, and Kalisto's not even upright properly. He's gone straight back to the leg. Rolls through, throws Gallagher into the middle turnbuckle. Can Kalisto get the momentum he needs? Oh, huge kick to the face to Jack. Ahaha. Sends him flying back into the ring. And now Kalisto springboards up. Oh, oh lovely springboard moonsault. Takes out Gallagher, rolls him up. But Gallagher managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And Kalisto unable to walk, so he just rolls his way over to Gallagher. Kicks him in the head. Short hurricane runner there by Kalisto. Might hurt his knee, but it's a defensive move. Goes over for the cover. Maybe he took too long. Oh, oh, he did. Gallagher managing to kick out. Oh. Kendrick now pacing back and forth at ringside. Might be worried about Jack. He's been in control most of this. Oh, Jack's got holding the mask. Oh, and a headbutt straight to the collarbone, was that? Or to the jaw? I think, yeah, straight to the jaw. <laughs> Not Kalisto. Silly did it. No. Kalisto managing to roll through. Gets a cheeky pin. And oh. the cover for the victory over Gallagher. Gallagher looks shocked and surprised. So am I. I can't believe Kalisto managed to pull it out there. Kalisto's in for a bit of a beatdown as Kendrick slides his way into the ring. Oh. Chop blocks in from behind. 
Now Kendrick waiting for Kalisto to get back up. Slice of bread, baby. Oh, oh no. His masked friend, the 311 boy Grand Metallic, comes out to make the save. We've not seen him in a while, and it looks like he's been eating in his time <laughs> off. Yeah, he's uh, certainly going a little more outweight. Oh, nice springboard drop kick in, though. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant from Metallic. A lovely super kick under the chin of Gallagher. El Sol. And that's a bit of retribution for the fallen luchador. Yeah, and the masked man comes to save well, the other masked man, eh, Metallic and Kalisto. So where are your guys, James, that you chose? Where's Zack Sabre Jr.? And Zack Sabre Jr. had a match in a bar the other day, thank you very much. Exactly. Didn't need a ring to have that. Uh, and the <laughs> other two have been released, yeah. So, no, the other one's injured yeah. for six months. The other one got asked for a release. Yeah, exactly. TJ Perkins. Where's TJP? Yeah, where is somewhere. he? Where is he? What about Kota Bushi, huh? So anyway, Gulak tries to talk Zoe out of fighting a fellow train member. Zoe, not the Drops of Jupiter guy, but the champ says, who says anything about he fight? He says he's like Dean Malenko and will put a technical display on for the guys tonight. So Enzo More thinks he's like Dean Malenko. Oh, he should be like Dean Malenko and not wrestling in the WWE <laughs> anymore. Anyway, big news though, Dan. Big news indeed, James. Yes, Hideo Itami debuts next week. I cannot. Wait, are you excited for this? I am, yes. At least they're going to be utilising Hideo Itami. I think he should have gone up to Raw or SmackDown personally. But with a crowded roster up there, maybe 205 Live will be better for him. Yeah, so hopefully if he's GTS in his way to victory, it should be at least entertaining. Uh, Talking about not entertaining, we see Enzo with a microphone before his match. Drew and Davari are ringside. He promotes the upcoming live... 205 Live shows and hypes the Zoe train. That's two of my worst words in there. As an unbreakable unit, he taunts Nice about not wanting to have a technical match and for talking bad about him. Amore slaps and berates Tony until it looks like he's about to snap. And then jump, Davari jumps up for the beatdown on Tony Nice. Eh? Who would have thought? Fellow Zoe train member. I, I can't believe it. Look at Drew Gulak. Doesn't know what to do. Drew Gulak looks distraught and gets in a ring when the champ yells at him to do something. He eventually kicks Nice right in the face, but instantly looks conflicted. Starts at, this is boring chant, which may be true, but it didn't make noise for anything else over the last hour, so I suppose that's something. So goes Gulak into laying in some punches on Tony, but he still seems conflicted. Drew looks upset as Amore hits Nice with a Jordanzo to end the show. So what have you thought of 205 Live the past four episodes, Dan? Awful. And it won't improve until Enzo is stripped of that belt for being a dick. I mean, the two best matches that's happened in the Cruiserweight division these past four weeks have happened on Raw, haven't they, with the Fatal 4-Way matches. So we're not even getting them now. So no. uh, it's it's uh, we're going to continue the feud with Kalisto and Jack Aha with Kendrick and our Grand Metallic. No, it's going to be a tag team match between yeah. the two. It's, it's you know, uh, the only good thing is Enzo is losing the members of the Zoe train, so hopefully with Itami it's one-on-one <clears> and he can just finish, like we say, move on and then that'll be the end of Enzo. But, Indeed. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not been great, but we do move on and it is news. News. Before we do anything else, we'll talk about ratings because we've been following the Monday Night Wars between WCW and WWE. But we haven't focused on the new threat to Raw. Is it Ring of Honor? New Japan Pro Wrestling? Is it Global Force Wrestling? Who is it, Dan? It's AJ Styles. Why? Why? Why, Why, you ask? Why, Dan? 
Well, Styles defeated Jinder Mahal to win a WWE Championship on November the 7th edition of SmackDown. The Blue Brand's viewership has been up every week since the phenomenal one won the title. Oh my, word. so what are the numbers then? Well, in November the 7th, 2.603 million. In November the 14th, it was 2.607 million. In November the 21st, it was 2.662 million. And November the 28th with 2.80 million. Well, that marked just the second time this year that SmackDown viewership was up for four straight weeks. And the only other time came in March and April during the lead-up to WrestleMania 33, which tends to be the best time of the year for WWE's TV ratings. What's that say about the blue brand? Well, for starters, it's clear the fans were excited to see Mahal's lackluster title run come to a screeching halt, but also suggests that Styles is perhaps the biggest draw currently on the blue brand. In fact, Styles, who previously held the WWE title from September 2016 to January 2017, played a big role in SmackDown TV's ratings, jumping up a whopping 17% by the end of 2016. Styles was the focal point of the brand for much of that stint, and had two tremendous feuds with John Cena and Dean Ambrose, respectively. That established the WWE Championship as the company's most prestigious title and made SmackDown the clear-cut number one show in WWE. Well, even after Styles dropped the WWE title at the 2017 Royal Rumble, he remained one of WWE's biggest draws based on YouTube data and one of its most popular fan favourites. Unsurprisingly, the quality of SmackDown dipped considerably after Styles lost the WWE title the WWE title this past January and this summer the star-studded Raw show that featured lots of Brock Lesnar, Smurr J, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns feuding for the Universal title obviously re-established itself as WWE's premier show. But fast forward to Styles' second WWE title win last month and that's when it became quite evident that SmackDown is once again threatening Raw in a battle for brand supremacy. With no Lesnar or The Miz for the foreseeable future Raw has taken a noticeable hit in the star power department. And it's shown. Smackdown featuring Kevin Owens defeating Randy Orton in a no DQ main event drew 2.68 million viewers and was within a thousand viewers of the same week's episode of Raw. Well, in comparison, Monday Night Raw drew 2.759 million viewers down from last week's 3.074 million viewers. It's beat Smackdown by only 3%, which is the smallest margin between the two shows this year. That is also the closest SmackDown viewership since December 2016, when the blue brand actually topped the red brand in the ratings, while, you guessed it, Styles was holding the WWE Championship. Now SmackDown is in prime position to overtake Raw once again, both as WWE's best weekly show in terms of generating the highest average viewing audience, and we can see and we can thank AJ Styles for that. Yeah, so there is a new ratings war. It looks like AJ Styles is leading... The, uh, the SmackDown surge, Dan. I mean, what do you think about the program at the moment, Raw SmackDown? I've actually been thoroughly enjoying SmackDown. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, I mean, what we'll do, New Year's Eve show, we'll have a look back at Raw and SmackDown throughout the year and decide which is the better show. But I think Raw's been quite good recently as well. But I think SmackDown, because it's time and how they use the characters, I think it's been better. But we move on and we talk about Leo Rush. Now, not, not so long ago, New NXT signed Leo Rush, landed himself in hot water from the release of Emma from WWE tweeted words to the effect that this is what happens to people who truly aren't ready for Oscar. Since then, many dirt sheets and internet sites have reported something even more drastic has happened, all stemming from a tweet from the man. And he tweeted out, Reflection. 
Then the removal of WWE from his Twitter handle was coupled with one more cryptic tweet. During the early hours of Thursday morning, Rush tweeted the word REFLECTION in all caps and 12 hours later simply tweeted an emoji. Both tweets would suggest that either his short time with NXT has already come to an end or it will do within the next day or two. Yeah, I mean, some expert even said, judging by the removal of any mention from WWE from its Twitter account this week, that this appears to be a state that's going to cost him. But then, on NXT's Thursday night, November 30th, stop in Lakeland, Florida, we had... Leo Rush versus Adrian. Yeah. Rush opened the show and won against Adrian J. Louie. Pretty good for someone who's supposed to be in so much trouble with a brass who was close to being let go. Curtain jerk in a company at an armory in Central Florida doesn't mean there's no heat on you, but it's certainly not something release guys do. Luckily, this is pro wrestling, so there'll be something else we fans can collectively misinterpret and overact to any minute now. So I just thought that was funny as I was following the story along. All of a sudden, oh no, he's back. Next story, Dan. Next story, and it's to do with Cena. No, it's not his new film. No, it's not that he's taking over a couple of talk shows. It is to do with Ford Motor Company. After the beefcake brawler from West Newbury sold a custom 2017 GT less than a month after taking ownership of the car, in violation of a contract Cena signed promising to hold on to the car for at least two years. Ford has sued the West Newbury native in US District Court in Detroit, seeking $75,000 in damages. According to the lawsuit, Cena played just under half a million for the liquid blue coupe in September and made a video about taking delivery of the car. But by the end of October... The GT had a new owner because Cena flipped it, making a hefty profit. Despite the contractual provision preventing him from selling the car for two years. Well, when Ford contacted Cena, he acknowledged his mistake. According to the lawsuit, the wrestler texted, I completely understand and as stated, I'm willing to work with you and Ford to make it right. My sincerest apologies, saying you can't see me. No, he said, claiming he sold the car for cash to take care of expenses. Well, Ford said Cena did not live up to the agreement. Mr. Cena has unfairly made a large profit from the unauthorised resale flip of the vehicle and Ford has suffered additional damages and losses, including, but not limited to, brand value, ambassador activity and customer goodwill due to the improper sale. You're a car man. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? I heard that this GT, it's actually quite a rare car. There's not many being made to be sold. And, you know, half a million dollar car. You know, why did he just buy it just to make a profit? You know, would you pay, like, over the heads? Like, you know, he must have got a decent amount for it if he's... Because he would have known he would have been sued by Ford. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, when you the programmes like uh, Pimp My Ride or, you know, West Coast Customer, you do the car, you don't expect to get rid of it straight away, do you? You know, you keep it on. What I find interesting in everything is the... Cena sold this for cash to take care of expenses. Now, John Cena's been the WWE's biggest star the last 10 years, 12 years. Yep. All these films and talk shows. Surely... Don't call me Shirley. But he's got money in the bank, hasn't he? He doesn't need to sell a car quickly to make expenses unless Nikki Bella has just run right through it. I cannot confirm what tonight well, she has. Well, you know, but... Nikki Bella makes... She must make a tidy profit yeah. from Total Bellas and whatever other crap she's on. Yeah, I know. Anyway, we move on from that and it's a WWE schedule... It's almost here, the most wonderful time of the year. No, we're not talking about Christmas, although that and other religions during winter holidays are great too. We're talking, of course, about the WWE on the USA Network. So here are all the details. 
that's going to happen. So the USA Network is the obviously the American uh, channel that shows Raw. We should say that America is a bigger audience than the great UK is at the moment. So this story actually makes sense to the people who listen to it in a weird way. Of course, anybody in the UK calls watches it on Sky Sports. We get it at the same time. Uh, uh, so yeah, week of December 11th. In addition to the regularly scheduled Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, USA will also feature NXT for the first time ever on its air, as well as a 15th annual Tribute to the Troops celebration. So let's just run for it. So Monday, December 11th, Dan. Emanating live for three hours, Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland. Monday Night Raw features Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Bliss, Banks, Samoa Joe and more. The Tuesday, they've of course got two hours of SmackDown live in Cincinnati with AJ Styles and Randy Orton and co. Wednesday, emanating from Full Sail University in Orlando for the first time ever, USA Network will air a one-hour NXT special featuring superstars Andrade Cien Almas, Ember Moon, Adam Cole, Alistair Black and more. And I have got major about that episode of NXT and in the upcoming NXT update is going to be brilliant. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have the two-hour tribute to the troops taking place at the Naval Base in San Diego. And immediately following that, at 10, a, at 10 o'clock, we're going to have a 1930s saga, Damnation, premiere, all-new episode guest starring Luke Harper. And uh, the week concludes with an airing of WWE's legend Dwayne The Rock Johnson's film Journey to the Mysterious Island. Yeah, I mean, you lucky American viewers, you're going to get to watch all that. I will have to watch it on Blu-ray here. So we move on, and it is, a well, I say Arrivals. This is Ronda Rousey Rumours. <laughs> I liked it when I read Wonder it. Ronda Rousey Rumours. Ronda Rousey Rumours. Mixed martial arts star Ronda Rousey may be nearing an agreement to finalise her long-awaited move to the WWE. Rousey hasn't officially retired from MMA, but she hasn't fought since losing to Amanda Nunes at UFC 207 in December 2016. UFC President Dana White cast major doubt on Rousey's future in the company last month when he told reporters he wouldn't want to see her fight in the UFC again. A transition to professional wrestling wouldn't be surprising for Rousey. She made a one-off appearance at WrestleMania 31 in 2015 to confront Stephanie Mann and Triple H, and many around W have openly discussed since then. So sorry, a transition to professional wrestling wouldn't be surprising because she slapped Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, you know, I can see how, yeah, no. <laughs> but again, you know, haven't they got enough? They've got like the two UFC-style fighters, you know, one in the Riot Squad, one in Absolution. They've got a couple more floating about as well, haven't they? R- Rousey will change. Rousey will change the way women's wrestling is viewed in the WWE. Mark my word. She's going to be, if she does sign and they do it right, she will be one of the biggest draws because people loved her from a UFC day. She'll get all those people across and she's mainstream in America as well. And this is something WWE loves. And uh, I, I can't, it, it's, it, for me, it's a match made in heaven. I've been waiting this for for ages because you know WWE seemed to all but confirm Rousey's imminent rival when it shared a clip of on Twitter of Rousey Marina Sheriff Jasmine Duke at the May Young Classic that we saw Jericho confronted backstage by Charlotte Flair Bailey, and Becky Lynch so would you um, would you like to see her 
beat Oscar's yeah, I think the possibility. Street. I think the possibility of Oscar beating her and having that uh, star rub as well. I think a match between those two, like in a year's time WrestleMania, when you build up Oscar undefeated versus Rowdy, who's undefeated, build up that aura that she had in UFC. I, I, I think it's perfect, you know. Uh, I really do. And go back to WrestleMania and watch her involvement in that. The fans were lapping it up as well. And she brings credibility uh, to it. Well, the timing of Rousey's arrival would make sense were she to officially arrive in the next few weeks. WrestleMania season is right around the corner, and there's no question WWE would want to have Rousey's debut coincide with one of the company's biggest shows of the year. If WWE didn't want to wait until WrestleMania 34 on April the 8th, then Rousey could well appear at the 2018 Royal Rumble on January the 28th at the Wells Fargo Centre. She could be involved in a non-wrestling segment that sets her up for a WrestleMania storyline, or could she even be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble match, since the event always features a few shocks. Rousey's move to the WWE feels inevitable, and it was just a matter of the two parties finally coming together to work out a deal. Yes, as you can tell by my voice, I'm really excited about Ronda Rousey. Do you know what I want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas, James? Do you know what I want for Christmas? Do you know what I really want for Christmas, Dan? I want everybody to listen to the WNR podcast Christmas special on Christmas Day. It would be, make my dreams come true. Everybody could listen to Dub to find out who's going to be our wrestler of the year, match of the year, pay for you the year, plus a lot more. What do you want for Christmas, Dan? My New Year's wish is for everyone to listen to the New Year's podcast. Thank you. But we move on to departures, and WWE has parted ways with longtime music composer Jim Johnston, the man who wrote some of its most iconic superstar themes. And one of the WWE's most unsung heroes, Johnston defined the sound of WWE for 30 years. There's too many to name, but let's listen to a handful now. The most feel-good example from the golden age of cartoonish superstars entrance themes is Dusty Rose Common Man Boogie. American Dream He's just a common man Working hard with his hands He's just a common man Working hard for the man Hey, he's a Yeah, you've also got Big Boss Man's Hard Time, Akeem and Slick's Jive Soul Bro, Ted DiBiase, It's All About the Money, and of course, Honky Tonk Man's Cool, Cocky, Bad. It has been the best use of a cowbell in musical history, and 30 years later, it's still a toe-tapper. No wonder the dream did so much shucking and driving in the ring. Well, also, you know, other big tunes, you've got The Undertaker and Graveyard Symphony.
No list of WWE's greatest music would be complete without the dead man. Save his Limp Biscuit phase around the Attitude Era. Taker has used variations of his classic original theme. A crucial part of Theatrics, The Undertaker character, his theme made ring entrances, an important part of any superstar's persona. Next, you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hell Frozen Over. And The Rock electrifying. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. The Rock says, The Rock, The Rock, The Rock says. Well, it's a tie between the respective tunes for the two biggest stars of the Attitude Era, Bob Johnston. Each piece of music is iconic, but it's the opening second that makes it. Austin smashing glass and the rock belting out. If you smell what the rock is cooking. From that point, all great theme tunes have an instantly recognisable opening to pop the crowd and turn superstars' entrances and returns into historic moments. Now, is there any song that you would add to that list there, Dan, of great entrance themes? Well, great entrance themes in general or written by Johnston? Uh, well, any of your favourite entrance themes? Actually, Orton. We go on to Jim Johnson. And of course, I won't forget it, Dan. I won't forget about um, Randy Orton. We go Signature Sounds, Music of the WWE. It's a documentary, Top 25 Entrance Themes. And uh, Jim Johnson explains how he came out of it and you see him performing. On- but here we go. We all feel it. We know what an adrenaline rush feels like, and it's just, you know, it's building up. It's building up. You're behind the curtain, and when your music plays and you walk through, it's like video game, fantasy, movie. You're on live TV. Millions of people are watching. Go have fun. I wrote it on acoustic guitar, and I wrote it uh, not as a rock song. I wasn't even thinking a rock song. It was just sort of a trancey. You got your rules and your religion, all designed to keep you safe. You got your rules and your religion, all designed to keep you safe. But when rules start getting broken, you start questioning your faith. I have a voice that is my savior. He's badass. Yeah. So you know we couldn't have asked for a better, you know, a better superstar, you know, to be tied to the theme song. We've gotten literally collectively on different video clips on YouTube for voices over 20 million hits. And that's just, you know, from, from that one song. This is like, you know, it's me, this is a part of me, and let's just let everyone see what I'm feeling and just get into it. 
to have our music featured in the WWE has just been amazing for us. It really opens it up to a, a much bigger fan base. It doesn't matter what we put anywhere, someone, multiple people, will always just put it's like, voices. It's like Merry Christmas, everyone. They're like voices. Orton. <laughs> Orton. Sass was on it. Uh, was uh, it just, who was number one? Uh, number one was... I know Chris Jericho's number two. Glorious! No, no, this is this is not that new. This is DX number one. Yeah, DX number one. Like, uh, they had Brodus Clay on like, number 25, so this is for the good ones. But yeah, it just proved Jim Johnson. I, mean, I just wanted to give a shout-out to a guy for 30 years. He's a genius, you know, to come up with that amount of entrances. You think of an entrance theme been used in WWE over the last 30 years that is Jim Johnson behind it you know yeah. uh, talk about like the ultimate warrior and, and all the great themes that we had you know Mr. McMahon's and just everything so yeah I just thought it was good to say and of course I should say upcoming at some point in the WWE we all have our greatest theme, uh, theme songs of all time so we talk about Kevin Owens and WWE seems to have done a 180 degree turn on him in early November, Pro Wrestling Sheet reported that Owens, along with Sami Zayn, was kicked off the WWE's UK tour for reportedly going off script during a segment with The New Day on an episode of SmackDown. Unsurprisingly, that resulted in a fair amount of backstage heat on both Owens and Zayn, especially from Randy Orton, as fellow superstars thought the duo business for themselves, rather than follow the script exactly as it had been laid out for them. Well, backstage heat is known to staff your career in WWE. Just ask Emma, who reportedly was released earlier this month because she had heat with W officials for criticising the booking of her character on TV. So, when reports arose that there was heat on Owens, who was left off the main Survivor Series card, from the natural speculation was that Owens had a firm spot in a WWE doghouse and would see his push end, at least temporarily, but possibly altogether as a result of that heat. One thing could not only be saving Owens from being buried on TV, but actually result in a bigger push in the future, his popularity. Well, according to the Wrestling Observer, the WB365 Kevin Owens documentary, which aired immediately after Survivor Series on the WWE Network. How great, Will. Well, it was the second most viewed show on the WWE Network for that week, behind only Survivor Series itself and ahead of major shows. Major shows. Like NXT TakeOver, War Games, and the Survivor Series kickoff pre-show. Well, that can only be considered as a huge success for WWE, particularly for Owens, who has never been viewed as a major draw for the company, even though there is evidence that indicates he's developing into one. So, next headline, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss make history with the first WWE Women's match in the United Arab Emirates. The women of Raw and SmackDown Live were not allowed to wrestle when the company toured the Middle Eastern country last year. But last night, the boss and the Raw Women's Champion took to the ring wearing special ring gear in keeping with local customs. Yeah, Sasha Banks looked like MVP and uh, Bliss. What was Bliss wearing? Uh, she was wearing a T-shirt that I've got. <laughs> and she was wearing full-length trousers keeping, like, you know, everything but her face and hands were showing. Uh, clear... uh, was, uh, was, was not on show, yeah, sorry. Yeah. A clearly emotional Banks burst into tears backstage after the concept at the Zayed Sports Centre Tennis Stadium in the capital of Abu Dhabi. And interestingly enough, we know about uh, Kuwait uh, don't have the Flintstones, Dan. Do you know that? 
Because you can see their feet. No, no, no. They don't have the Flintstones in quite, but Abu Dhabi do. Okay, so moving <laughs> That was terrible. Sorry. Saturday night in New Delhi, India. After a surprising loss to Triple H as the conquering hometown hero, Jinder Mahal danced with Triple H and the Singh brothers. In effect, the former WWE champion seemed to be dancing his way back to the mid-card. Well, Mahal spent much of 2017 as a very unlikely WWE champion, like an RKO, coming out of nowhere to reach unprecedented heights from the bottom of the roster. Mahal's run by no means, by no means was perfect, but he did everything he could to help WWE pull off a premature push to the main event and even shined at times. But after suffering a WWE Championship loss to AJ Styles as part of the behind the scenes, Mahal has been slowly losing his grip on the WWE main event. With Mahal's much-talked-about return to India as a focal point of WWE's ongoing push to increase its presence in the market, winning in a feature spot seemed like a formality for the modern-day Maharaja. Then came Triple H. You know the guy, the one that Survivor Series, even though he doesn't need to, took all the credit for winning the match. That guy. Well, he gets a bad rap for burying young talent. Well, Mahal's lost to Triple H on his home surf. His home turf suggests he's a top star on the decline. Triple H is not new to eyebrow-raising victories in spots where there's a strong case for him losing. At WrestleMania 19, Triple H garnered immense heat for racially insensitive remarks towards Booker T, who had signed on with WWE following the death of WCW two years prior. In the end, Triple H was victorious over Booker T in a World Heavyweight Championship match after weeks of insisting that people like Booker T didn't get to be world champion. Triple H went on to defeat fellow peers Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 29 and Sting at WrestleMania 31 in subsequent WrestleManias. The legacies of Booker T, Lesnar and Sting remain intact and were all hardly damaged by the loss to Triple H. It was more of an ego which likely played into the backstage political posturing that resulted in the victory for Triple H. Well, again, when it comes to losing big matches, tri- Triple H typically does so against future top stars. He lost to Roman Reigns in Abu Dhabi Friday night because Roman Reigns is the guy. But in similar circumstances, Mahal's loss is a glaring sign that WWE no longer views him as a main eventer. So unfortunately, there's no need for him to defeat Triple H. Not an Indian, not in anywhere. Well, following his controversial victory, Triple H took to the microphone to praise Jinder Mahal. According to a live report, Triple H noted India was in good hands with the modern-day Maharaja. On a more meta level, however, he might as well have been telling the Zayed Sports City Tennis Stadium is its hometown hero was finished. Other news, WWE announced the creation of a mixed tag team tournament called the Mixed Match Challenge on Wednesday. According to WWE.com, the Mixed Match Challenge is a 12-episode series that will air live in the United States on Tuesday nights exclusively on Facebook Watch. The first episode will take place on January 16th at 10pm Eastern Time. Well, teams consisting of a male superstar and a female superstar We'll do battle in the tournament and the winning team will earn $100,000 for a charity of their choosing. Raw and Smackdown Live Superstars will be pitted against each other during the tournament and fans will have an opportunity to event. Well, thus far, Alexa Bliss, Alicia Fox, Oscar Bailey, Braun Strowman, Dickhead Enzo, Finn Balor, Goldust, Nijak, Sasha Banks and The Miz have all been announced as competitors for Raw. Fans will vote for the final member of the Raw side. Uh, do you know what I'd love? Kurt Hawkins to be on there, teaming up with Oscar, and actually to win the tournament. <laughs> like, Oscar doing it single-handedly. 
to SmackDown, Becky Lynch, Bobby Roode, Carmella, Charlotte Flair, Jimmy Uso, Lana, Naomi, Natalia, Lucev, Sami Zayn, and Shinzuke fucking Nakamura have been selected. Fans will vote for which New Day member, Big E, Kofi Kingston, or Xavier Woods, Woods will enter the fray as well. Additionally, fans will be able to vote for certain matchups and match stipulations in an effort to make the Mitch in an effort to make the mixed match challenge interactive across social media platforms. And the official pairings for the mix for the mixed match challenge will start to be announced on January the fourth. So we go on to injury news and uh, current WWE Tag Team Champion Sheamus is currently suffering from a bout of spinal stenosis. Uh, the WWE decided to keep the Irishman off the road last week so he could rehab the condition. Though he returned to action on December the second. Well, he actually wrestled Seth Rollins on December the ninth episode of Raw. And there's currently no word on whether or not he'll miss any further time, even though he had a tag team match last Monday on Raw. Well, the fact that he's keeping a regular schedule is positive news, Dan. Shame his situation is severe. His condition, an abnormal narrowing of the spine, is incurable, though there are treatments available to relieve the symptoms. More ominously, stenosis ended both Steve Austin and Edge's wrestling career. Well, a company veteran, Seamus, has been part of the WWE's main roster since June 2009 is currently in the midst of one of the career's most entertaining runs alongside Cesaro. There's no indication that his situation is as dire as Edge or Austin's, but him and the company must be cautious. There's a real sh- chance Sheamus's condition could cut his career short. So, yeah, we keep an eye on that because, uh, I mean, that is not good. I mean, Sheamus will not be wrestling in, a, I would say, five years' time with that condition. I saw him in a video as well, training his neck with the weights. And uh, we talk about injuries. I'll just talk about it quickly because there's an injury update on Drew McIntyre. Like we say, during the last takeover for War Games, McIntyre went up to tear his bicep. This is also McIntyre's first loss in NXT since debut in the promotion. It's been reported that following the devastating injury, uh, the 32-year-old is bound to be signed up for a while with almost several months for next TV. Despite having undergone surgery several weeks ago, he had decided to really step back in the gym as he's returning his potential return down. So this man who had surgery just a few weeks ago, he's already in the gym trying to get, uh, you know, building himself up. The caption of the tweet read, First workout after surgery, some people wait to heal, others heal themselves. This clearly indicates the fact that the sinister Scotsman is completely determined to make his in-ring return as soon as possible. Another one of my men have been injured, Noam Dar. This week on 205 Live, Drew Gulak informed the W Universe that his fellow Zotrain member Noam Dar was sidelined with an injury. Reports followed, confirming it wasn't just an angle, and W.com is reporting today, December 15th, that a 24-year-old successfully underwent surgery for a torn meniscus. I know, Dar hurt his left knee during the fatal four-way contender qualifying match on November 27th and was operated in Florida yesterday. He plans to spend an estimated five months of recovery working at Orlando Performance Centre. So, five months for Naam Dar. It's not been a great year for my guys and injuries anyway. So, uh, we wish a speedy recovery. But the only good bit of news from that gets you away from Enzo and hopefully a fresh start when he comes back in the new year. Do you know what I mean with that? Most definitely, yeah. But we do move on. And up next, it is time for NXT update. And the question we ask ourselves... Every month is, when does NXT update start, Dan? Now!
So it is NXT update, and we start episode 423, November 29th. We are welcome to the show, and it appears they'll be using a live event from San Antonio as tonight's episode. So let's move quickly to the ring for our first match, which is the Street Profits versus Tino and Moss. Moss and Dawkins start us off. Headbands beware. As tradition, a collar and elbow tie-up starts the show. Angelo gets the best of the exchange, and Moss exits to regroup. It apparently works as he hits a go-behind and a takedown. Dawkins reverses and hits a takedown of his own. The crowd wants another and he obliges. Moss shows off his power with a slam and Dawkins hits one of his own again. Tags made and Ford makes quite the entrance. Tandem offence before Dawkins heads to the apron. Ford, with an athletic display of missed tackles, hits a beautiful drop kick. Dawkins joins in once again and sends their adversaries to the outside as we go to a break we are back from the break and now we can see Angelo Dawkins oh and oh it looks like Montez Ford's on a bit of trouble on the outside of course we know Angelo Dawkins one with a headband so it is Ford being beaten down now by Tino who quite luckily has got his names on the back of his trunks Sabatelli is in full control now as he's wading away on Ford Mm. I'm going to leave judgment to the end of this show I mean to use a live uh, house show that they had on the Friday, do you know what I mean? I'm just like, is it lazy for them or is it clever, Dan? What do you reckon? I think it's clever. Yeah? Yeah. I they know. could have used our live show, though. Yeah, I know, I'm saying, like, I know episodes are taped in a row and stuff like that, but to have, like, this is next week's episode before the actual takeover event, even though it doesn't really give anything away. But, you know, I know we've had an episode since then, and that takeover was the stuff used beforehand, so we haven't had a proper episode, really, for... A couple of weeks, but next week we're going to have the first set of tapings where we're going to find out what's happening on the way to the January taker. I think that's what I'm more excited about. I think with these matches here, I'm just hoping for you know quite good affairs really because they are on a house show, so they're going to get a little bit longer. Already this match has gone like you know we're about ten minutes now. We see Moss beating down on Ford. And look at Moss taunting Dawkins because we saw Street Profits and. Uh, Sabatelli and Moss getting into it in the car park, didn't we? A couple of weeks ago. Well, the last NXT update that we did. Oh, and some big chops from Ford trying to get his way back into the match. Oh, my I think word. he slipped against the ring rope there, but Moss caught him and took him down. Goes for the cover. The kick out. Oh. And now Moss just over the top of Ford. Well, you said 205 Live was going to be worse than NXT. <laughs> Come on, it's only one match, James. Come on. <laughs> I'm so negative right now. I was so positive. And Ford in serious trouble. The crowd trying to get behind him. Well, that's not bad. Let's go Profits. Let's go Profits. Let's go Profits. <laughs> chance. And they want Dawkins in. Well, Ford managing to dodge out. Can he get to... Oh, no. so close. Yet so far as he gets deposited in a different corner. Oh. Goes to shoulder charge. Uh, Moss goes to shoulder charge Ford. Ford dodges out the way. Can he get the much-needed tag to Dawkins? Come on. Is Headband it a- power. Is it Angelo's time with the golden boots? Here comes Sabatelli. One side. Gets the tag. It's Dawkins running wild at the moment on Sabatelli and Moss. Here comes. Oh, Dawkins spinning clothesline. Oh, a second one to Moss. Going oh. for a third on Sabatelli, but Sabatelli with a big back elbow. Rocking Dawkins. But Dawkins hits the forearm, goes for cover. But Moss manages to break it up. Up. And Moss knocking Ford off the apron. He's not been very lucky tonight. And Sabatelli's trying to get back to his feet. Dawkins, though, nice forearms. Throws Moss over the top. Rails up Sabatelli. Oh. And he gets a two, gets pushed off onto the second rope. 
Forearm from Moss. Sabatelli goes for another cover. Moss has got... Oh. Legs preventing him from kicking out. Ah, referee realised it. It's good refing. That is... Do you know what I heard the other day on UFC? Someone said, tonight, can he become the most winningest fighter? I thought, that's not even a word. Oh, my God. Ford off the eighth and on to Moss. Sabatelli can't believe it. Now he's got Dawkins. Blind tag. Oh, a lovely pop-up spine buster. Frog splash off the top. Ford one, two... Free yeah, street profits pick up the W. They do, and the fans seem to be happy about that. So that's not too bad, is it, Dan? What do you think of that match? It was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, not bad, was it? Yeah, well, about that, about that, about that. No, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. Good bit of back and forth. Just it, it was your typical tag team match, wasn't it? Hot tag comes in, then a blind tag helps the uh, street profits to a victory over Moss and Sabatelli. So we do move on and we see a brief exchange from the top Brits on the WUK roster. Appears we have a tag team match for later tonight. Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, Mustache Mountain versus Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews. The high-flying Andrews said he's only agreed to partner with Dunne to be named number one contender if they win. And then we see for the new powerhouse of NXT, Lars Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, he dominated Cassius Ono, didn't he? So it'd be interesting to see what they do with Sullivan. In the upcoming weeks. And then we had our next match, Dan. We do indeed, yes. And uh, it is Kari Sane going up against one half of the iconic duo. And that's Peyton Royce. Peyton and Billy have a heart's nice touch for the iconic duo. Royce was an absolutely huge pop after a nice reception for Sane. Irish ripping a hip toss by Royce. She tries it again, but Sane reverses into a wheelbarrow roll-up. Rope exchange. Kari ducks multiple times, and Royce decides to save a breath and reset. Billy Kay distracts the May Young Classic winner, which allows her with a trademark spinning heel for a long two. Two! Royce remains dominant as we go to a break, and we're back in the taller Royce using that length to her advantage. <laughs> Dan, would you stop? She had a submission now. Oh. Same backing her up. Oh, and she hits that spear. She knows to help the uh, pirate princess. Payton Royce a bit of trouble. I'm glad we do an accent for Payton Royce and not Kari saying <laughs> <laughs> it would podcast if we did. No, it wouldn't be good. And Billy Kay trying to help her mate Payton Royce. So how how boat. can that how can that actually be be allowed though? You know, I'm not saying like it's good, but. You know, we can we can take the piss out of Australians. Yeah. Cannot take the piss out of Japanese. No, because it's not right. I'll tell you what else is not right. Peyton Royce being hit with that net breaker. Oh, the pirate princess is marching to the opposite corner. She comes flying in with that big elbow straight to the chest. And Peyton Royce looks to be in pain as Sane is going up for the insane elbow, maybe. No, Royce ducks and hits her with a big knee. Goes for a cover. Kicked out. Uh. Now Peyton Royce screaming, can't believe it. He's got a good facial. Stop, <laughs> nothing. You. Peyton Royce goes for the kick, but Sane catches the boot. Oh, a big stomp to the lower back, followed by a second and a third, fourth, fifth, and a punches to the lower back as well. She calls that the bicycle kick. <laughs> <laughs> she knocks down Billy Kay. Who got up on the apron and now Sane is looking for it. She's looking for the elbow. She wasn't successful at takeover. Will she be successful tonight? Bow! Insane elbow. 
Good night, Irene. Uh, good night, Payne. Roll victory there for Kari Sane. Well done. I don't think that was a bad match, Dan, do you? No, it was uh, It was a good match. I think Kari Sane's certainly going over well with the fans. Yeah, you know, I think if they build Kari Sane up right, she could be a, a good prospect in NXT. Yeah, I think most definitely, you know. Uh, they've both got loads of potential. Uh, we see a recap of last week's matches between Ruby Riot, two T's now, and Sonya Deville, still two L's. They'll be in a no holds barred match next week. Yes, and we see footage of Almas and McIntyre's NXT title match in which El Idolo came away the victor. The injury to McIntyre is confirmed as he tweets out he'll be back in 2018. Yeah, we talked about the injury earlier for him. But now the main event of this show is Mustache Mountain, Seven Bait versus Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews. Andrews. Well, Mustache Mountain are going to be a proper tag team tonight. I like that Andrews is begrudgingly tagging in with the champ only to get a title shot. Tit for tat early on. Dunn feigns a tag only to turn around and nail bait in the mush. Tag is then made, but the next level rope exchange ends with bait on top. The smaller Mandrews show some athletic ability and counters everything Trent Seven dishes out. Tag made to the UK champ and we change styles drastically to test of strength and joint manipulation. Seven with a pair of chops, fakes a third, makes Dunn duck for cover and into a DDT. Tag missed, but Dunn takes advantage anyway and sends Mustache Mountain counting their whiskers as we go to the break. We're back, and it's evident these guys lay their stuff in. They don't call it British Strong Style for nothing. So now Mandrew's in with Trent. So, uh, at least four, who's your favourite? As I've... In. in. Who's your favourite? In. Dan, who's your fucking favourite? I'm actually quite a fan of the little Mandrews. I like little Mandrews as well. I don't know, Tyler Bate, after his loss to Enzo, I kind of... You can't take him I, seriously. No, he's, he's lost all credibility in my eyes, you know. I do like Trent Seven. Yes. He was my uh, he, pick. He, yeah, he was your pick. And I like the more, uh, we say, husky of characters in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that about him. Gives me hope still, maybe one day. You Give know. me hope, yeah. Joanna. And I quite like Pete Dunne because, no, no pun, but he gets it done in the ring. We saw. So, his... so can we just agree that we... Don't like Tyler Bate because he lost to Enzo. Yeah, Tyler <laughs> Bate is in our bad books at the moment. And Mandrews tagging in. Pete Dunn. Trent Seven's got hold of Mandrews. Fucking <laughs> hell. Well, Pete Dunn goes for a backstabber as he had Mandrews on the front and it was kind of like a bit for seven. Wow. I wonder why we like watching the British stuff so much, you know. It's just because it's so... In Innovative. It, it really is, Dan. Yes, yeah, so that's why I love watching it, you know. Well, now Pete Dunne mixes it up a bit with uh, a bit of his own style grappling, shall we say, and he's uh, bending the finger back of Trent Seven. He knows all the pressure points to hit as he drops a pair of knees to the side. The thing I really like about Pete Dunne is the way he wears people down. I don't get bored of it. There's some wrestlers that just hit a sleeper or stuff like this, and I'm like, oh, God, this is a bit they wear their opponent down. With Pete Dunne, the way he manipulates the fingers and the way he actually hurts someone during that, I actually find it quite entertaining in a weird way. Oh, you know? that was a bit of a strong tag back in by Pete Dunne, though. He hit him hard across the back, then he hit him hard across the chest. So has he tagged himself back out? I guess not. It's Dunne's no, in. Yeah. And like I say, look, now look at it done. Look what he does. He grabs the hand, kicks to Seven's face. Well, don't you think it's a bit like uh, Randy Orton when he used to strategically go around a wrestler and hit him in certain body parts, exactly. you know, in all the joints. Exactly, but not boring, you know, like Randy Orton. Like. 
certainly Pete Dunne's the entertaining version <coughs> of Randy Orton 10 Minute Rest Holds. Like, you know, but let's not argue. Let's go back to the match because Seven's just about tagging bait. And the man who lost to Enzo Amore, the man who's a disappointment to Brits <laughs> all over, he's taken the mantle off of Neville, who, after all his shame of losing to Neville, left the company. Exactly. At least Neville had a decency of leaving the company. Like, I'm a fan of Tyler Bate, but some people could just go too far, you know. But Dunn and Bate, their, their chemistry together has been fantastic. And look at the strength of Tyler Bate as he catches Dunn. Oh, an exploder. Nips his way up in a very athletical way. Oh. Running shooting star. Goes for the cover. Oh. But Pete Dunn managing to kick out. Oh. Bate is maybe going for that Tyler Driver 97 on Pete Dunn. But Dunn rolls over the top and tags in Mandrews. Who drops a shoulder to the midsection of... Dives over the top and now rolls through to the pin. Oh, oh no. Oh, but rolls through with a coup de grace, Double foot stomp. We've just seen... Oh, no, he didn't. I see. Fucking hell. We just saw Bate doing one, but that was a corkscrew standing splash by Mandrews on Bate. Well, anything you can do, I can do better, which means he'll be able to beat Enzo. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. And Bate's backed up, but all oh, got the boot up. And look at the beautiful way of getting out of that hole. That's impressive. Tyler on the second rope. But that's a beautiful way of getting out of that manoeuvre there with a lovely step up in Seguri. Well, it's almost too quick to call, isn't it? As Andrews now... Going to the top. Maybe put... Oh, Tyler Bate down. Pete Dunn with a blind tag. <laughs> Hurricane Rana down into a powerbomb by Dunn. Goes for the cover. <laughs> but but Bate. Tyler Bate managing to kick out. Oh. oh, incredible. You know, they don't want to be a tag team, but look at this. See a replay. Hurricane Rana into a powerbomb. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. It really was. Why can't we just have an hour program of this every week? Do you know what I mean? Why? Oh, my word. And now Pete Dunn slapping and punching Tyler Bate. Just punching him to the back of the head and kicking him. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Tyler Bate throwing his right hand up in the air, causing Dunn to look at him and just clocks him on the jaw with a big left hand. Beautiful. That is why British wrestling, hands down, is the best. I oh, know. Now, Bate, can he tag in Trent Seven? And can Pete Dunn tra- tag in Mandrew? Oh, yeah. Seven's in now. Dunn not looking to tag Andrews, though. Oh! Should have done. <laughs> Double underhook, belly to back suplex there from Trent Seven. Tags in his buddy. And now they're looking to finish off Pete Dunn. Beautiful <laughs> pin. No. Mandrews breaks it up, though. He's trying to keep his number one contendership shot in his pocket. Well, this is what Mandrews <laughs> wants, and that's why he looks so eager to get in. But Pete Dunn may be refusing to get the tag. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Pete Dunn. <laughs> Pete Dunn catches a chop attempt from Trent Seven, throws it over to Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate bounces off the ring ropes, hits a lovely Pele. Well, it was a spinning heel kick. Right? Yeah, it was a forward flip heel kick to the head of Pete Dunn. Oh my god, that's incredible by Bate uh, managing to <laughs> deadlift Pete Dunn, who gets a blind tag into Mandrews. Oh. Mandrews comes flying off the top with a lovely splash after Dunn delivered. The uh, <laughs> belly-to-back suplex. It's just too quick to call, isn't it? Andrew's now maybe looking to go up through shooting star press. Goes for it. Oh! Bait moves out the way. Andrews lands on his feet. Thrown onto the shoulder. <laughs> Helicopter spin or aeroplane spin or just a spin in general from Bait to Andrews. 
Oh my god, he must have spun him around about 30 times. At least 100 times. I'm getting dizzy watching it and oh. Oh, a blind tag by Dunn though. Well, I don't think yeah, Bate knew where he was. Dunn's in. Roll up to. Oh, but Bate managing to kick out. Ah. Dunn just grabs the head of Bate, hits him with a huge forearm, throws him in. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute beauty. Bounces off the top rope with the back of his neck. Hard to explain, but... Tyler Driver 97. On Pete Dunn. One, two, three. (laughs) And he gets the pinfall victory over the UK champ. I mean, loses to Enzo, gets a pinfall victory over the reigning defending UK champion. I mean, how bad does that make United Kingdom champions look? I know, I know. I mean, my God, if this was five minutes longer, this could have been match of the year quality. How, How good... It was the spots were spot on in this, weren't they? Absolutely perfect. All these four guys, they you know they just kicked it up a level. I mean, weren't looking forward to this NXT event starting off, and it goes and closes like that. They could have fucking shown thirty minutes of Enzo and then half hour of this, and I'd have been happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, well. <laughs> 25 minutes of Enzo, yeah. 25 minutes of Mojo, and 10 minutes of this. Uh, well, let's not be silly. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, it's, in, it's incredible what these Brits can do. And to not have a show yet is uh, a bit of a disappointment, you know. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. Well, let's just hope Dunn doesn't get bitter over this loss. No. no. Uh, Andrews, who won't get his title shot now, seems a little upset with his partner. He decides to keep his cool while Dunn does not. He takes out Andrews on his way out of the ring. But wait, he's not done. Dunn comes back to hit the bitter end and stands tall to end the episode. Yeah, so at least Pete Dunn got a little bit of credibility out of it. I mean, Andrews didn't really. <laughs> well, anyway, move on to our next episode. And it is the 6th of December, episode 424. And how do we start there? William Regal is in his office. Always a good sign. Regal reminds us that Drew McIntyre is out. So it's time to establish a new number one contender to the NXT Championship match. We will have four singles matches and the winners will have a fatal four-way match. The winner of that match will challenge Almas for the Philadelphia. Well, tonight's matches are Killian Day versus Trent Seven and Cassis Oney versus a mystery opponent. It was supposed to be Velvety Dream, but Regal said he was injured back at TakeOver Wargames. So that was a big event there. He injured Velvety Dream and McIntyre at that time. But we start off with the NXT opening credits. Marlo welcomes us to the show. We see him with Percy and Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> we started the show with the championship celebration of the 14th and current NXT champion, my fellow 311 boy, Andrade Cien Almas. And Zelina Vega. <laughs> Hold your applause and silence your cell phones for the new and current undefeated, undisputed NXT champion. You know how much of a dickhead you sound when you... So what, I'm not going to talk about this, so what did they have to... Vegas said this will be a historic championship reign. She ordered us to respect the man, embrace the legend, and rise for your NXT champion. Yelled that he told us he would be the next NXT champion. He stated that we are NXT, but he is the new NXT champion and he has no respect for the former champion the now injured drew mcintyre he cuts a promo in both english and spanish that basically says i told you so 
and I beat and hurt Drew McIntyre. He eventually drops the mic and taboos and the ring with his new NXT World Heavyweight Championship undefeated belt, who he beat Drew McIntyre for. Oh, you're going to keep bringing this up, aren't you? Well, that's it. No one came out and no angle came of this. This actually happens after most new NXT champions. They usually kick off the first show and the next set of tapings with some sort of statement. Back from the break, it's earlier today and the press are interviewing last. He'll be facing Roderick Strong with a winner going to the Fatal 4-Way. Lars put Strong over as a hell of a competitor and a handsome guy. Lars says he's not handsome and has no family. All he cares about is getting his hands on Strong in two weeks. The press asked Lars what it would mean for him to win the title. Lars said it would mean that he can show the whole world that he's the kind of superstar everyone knows that he is. Lars stares down the press and leaves. Meanwhile, in the arena, Trent Seven is out for the first qualifying match. We learn that he got this spot by winning a battle royal at Lakeland, Florida, NXT house show. Killian Dane's music hits, and he's out alone. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that this is quite weird if you look at the competitors in this, because Killian Dane lost his last appearance to take over War Games, didn't he? And you've got Trent Seven here, who has not really been featured a lot. I know, you know, we were meant to have maybe Velveteen Dream, and maybe it changed when Drew did, you know, what they could do with the company. I'll be interested to see, especially Cassisano as well, because he lost to Lars Sullivan, didn't he? So... Be interested to see what happens here. Who are you backing out Trent Seven and Killian Dane in this one? I'll tell you what, I'd like to see Trent Seven win this. I would like to see Trent Seven win this, yeah. Jess Carr's in the ring. Trent Seven has started trying to pound away at Killian Dane with the punches, but one forearm from Dane. Oh! And a running drop kick sends Seven into the corner, and he looks like he's uh, out on his feet. Well, Trent Seven in serious trouble. Like I say, Kevin, Killian Dane coming off a loss. Maybe the MVP for Sanity at TakeOver War Games. You know, how impressive he was. And Seven, we just see him in a great match on last week's episode. But at the moment, he's not really uh, had much else. And I said I like the Husky wrestler. I think Killian Dane takes it to the extreme as he slams down Trent Seven. I'm more Trent Seven than Killian Dane, aren't I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, sorry. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, why is it alert? You oh. piece of shit. Well, I, I, I'll actually say you are neither of them, James. Oh. You are more Big Daddy V. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere between Viscera and Yokozuna. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks very much. Ooh, but, um, you know, I wouldn't even say you're Trent Seven, to be honest, mate. Oh, fair play to you. We're back in this and slapping him away. Hits a DDT on Dane. And Trent Seven now finally back in this match. Would you say he knocked him Dane? <laughs> he knocked him Dane. Knocked him Dane, but not out. He's going to go for the spinning clothesline. Oh, oh but hits him with a big backhand around the chops. Trent Seven's trying to get some momentum in this match. Oh. But a crossbody from Killian Dane stops him in his tracks. Oh. As he goes for a cover and to kick out. Oh, now and grabs hold of his beard. <laughs> Grabbing hold of her. Is that in awe? <laughs> yeah, he likes mustaches, doesn't he? He's part of Mustache Mountain. He's like, you have potential, Dane. A I mean, good he, beard you have. Exactly. Very hairy man. But now Dane is calling for an end of this. And he came in like a freight train there. Freight Dane. Freight train Dane. Picks <laughs> <laughs> up seven, seven again, rolls away. Oh, hits him with that short arm clothesline. Can he capitalise on it? One, two. 
Oh, but Dane managing to kick out. Ah. Trent Seven, can he power up? Killian Dane. No, he can't. Dane manages to fight out, throws him against the ropes. Oh. Oh. Rams him down like wasteland and then sitting, uh, standing sent on. Oh, and a Dane splash. One, two, three for the victory for Killian Dane. And he advances to the fatal four-way match. So, Killian Dane is the first man through. No, you know, even though both these men are from the United Kingdom, it wasn't your classic UK match-up, was it, really? It was more of a powerhouse Killian Dane going against a mismatched competitor in Trent Seven? Yeah, I think Seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. Seven done really well. Yeah, I, I think Seven's in a difficult position. Uh, I think Trent Seven is <laughs> Come on, James McGuinness, spit it out. No, I completely agree. I think Seven's in a difficult position here where he's not even top of the UK scene, let alone number one contender material in NXT. Uh, someone like Tyler Bate might have made a little bit more sense in there, or even Pete Dunne, if they're going to do it like that. But uh, Kenny Day looked like a monster here. He gets the win. He moves forward. I don't think he will challenge CN. But then again, I've been wrong about stuff in the past uh, as we move on. Sonia Deville is backstage shadow boxing. And it looks like she's losing to the shadow. <laughs> she takes on Ruby Riot after the break. Back from the break. The Undisputed Era are hanging out backstage. Cole says they're going to run NXT and put their stamp on that. By not only surviving war games, but winning the match. Next week, he faced in a fatal four-way qualifier. And says Black's undefeated streak only exists because he hasn't faced someone of Cole's calibre yet. Right, so there's two bits of huge news. There's a question I want to ask you. So, the first ever NXT on the USA Network will have Adam Cole versus Alistair Black. That is a huge match. Uh, Do you think he's right about Black not having any competition yet, Dan? Well, you know, the only competition he has faced is has got to be Velveteen Dream. You know, he has been going against relative unknowns, and it'd be good to see him actually take this fucking bell-end coal down a peg or three. I would really like to see that. It's going to be a really interesting match-up. Uh, it, it's, it's something that's going to be really important. And uh, also, we learned in two weeks that Bobby Fish... Bobby Fish... And Kyle O'Reilly will be taking on Sanity for the tag team titles. The Undisputed Era throws some wacky gang sign to end the segment. Moving on to our next match. Next match, yes, and it is Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville. It was a battle between Raw and SmackDown, Absolution and the Riot Squad. Just like last time when it was purely coincidental, both wrestlers were wearing the wrong brand's colours. As Riot rocked the red while Deville was in the blue... Deville used an ankle lock for the first big spot of the match due to it being a no-holds bar. Riot making for the ropes did not cause a break. That was all right because she somehow flung Deville's face into the middle rope to get out of it. Well, this was not a no-holds bar match that most people think of, as this was more about both using submission holes with the other needing to fight out of them since there were no rope breaks. And now we see now Deville with the kick to Riot's stomach. And, I mean, surely... Um this is going to be the end of these, you know, these matches here on NXT now. They can't. But then again, it's like the tapings. It might go on for another couple of weeks. And Ruby Wright with some big right hands trying to take down Sonya Deville. Oh, but Sonya Deville with a superwoman punch there, taking out Riot. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, but Riot managing to kick out. Ah. 
Oh my god, but she nails Sonia Deville there. Both women down on the canvas. Oh, Ruby Riot blocking Sonia Deville's attack at the moment. Oh, Ruby Riot with a drop kick there, knocking down Sonia Deville. Picks her up by her hair. Goes for an Irish rip, gets reversed by Deville. Riot holds on to the ropes. And she really slowly goes out of the ring. No, she's been beating up a lot, you know, don't forget her ankle hurt and been all So sorts she stepped of... outside to spear her way into the ring and then step off the bottom rope. Well that's one of Wright's signature moves, and she's gonna hit it, get the pin on Deville, is she? No. Deville managing to kick out. Uh, Deville rolling to the outside. Here comes Ruby right now. She's gonna go with suicide dive. Oh, oh takes out Sonia Deville and they both land on that metal ramp. And that was a hell of an impact there by Ruby. Who is on the eight? Ruby Wright's on the eight. Kicked in the face. And oh no, caught in the oh. triangle. She's got the triangle in, and the rope breaks are, are useless. And she could be out here. She's got no choice. She's fainting fast. And, and that's Wyatt it. Wyatt is out. That's it. It's over, Dan. Deville is not relinquishing the hold, though. Uh, oh my God, that that is it. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> um, it wasn't great, was it? Some of the women's matches we've seen on NXT, this certainly wasn't up there. No, but I think they're just wasting time until we get the main competitors back. Like we said, we saw Royce and Kane, but that was before TakeOver. We've not seen Nikki Cross yet. We've not seen the new NXT Women's Champion, Ember Moon, have we? Well, talking of Ember Moon, she was meeting with the press backstage and told them she will be the greatest NXT Women's Champion, and she's got a... Big mantle to live up to, going by the previous NXT Women's Champion. Uh, in walked Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, who pointed out that Moon pinned Nikki Cross to win the title, and thus Royce deserves the chance to beat her up. Royce and Kay both said they'll face her next week. Moon told them to make up their minds over who will face her in a match and bring it on. They agreed to let Royce do it after Moon left. Pete Dunne will defend the United Kingdom Championship against Tyler Bate in two weeks in the third battle of these two men. To prepare for this match, you should go watch their match from TakeOver Chicago. Speaking of that, there is no doubt in my mind that will be featured on the WNR Wars for match of the year. We are going to have five contenders for that category. Uh, and in case there's confusion with all these matches announced for the next two weeks. So here we go. So next week, down we've got Adam Cole almost certainly losing to Alistair Black. And the winner qualifies for the number one contender's fatal four-way match. Uh, yeah, and also? Also, we have Ember Moon going against Peyton Royce. Yeah. In two weeks' time, we've got... Sanity going against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Yeah. Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate for the UK title. Lars Sullivan versus Roderick Strong. Winner qualifies for the number one control four-way match. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be a huge couple of weeks all on this NXT TakeOver. Plus, during the break, a hype video airs for someone with them in a silhouette and just the word soon, where the two O's are replaced with spades. I, and much of the internet, assume this is for Shania Basler, the queen of spades. The next match, Dan, who do you think Cassius mystery opponent is going to be? Go on, have a guess. Hideo Itami. It's the man who can't pick up a victory versus Johnny Gagano coming out now. I mean, both of these men not been on the winning streak. Of course, Gagano lost to Pete Dunne at TakeOver Kickoff. Oh, my God, it's Johnny Gargano. <laughs> you sound just like Mauro Ronaldo with that. So here we go. We're going to start off Gagano versus who will go through to uh, the Fatal 4-Way match. I'm quite interested. Who are you favouring here, Dan? I'm going to go with... Oh, no. 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind Ono winning this, and uh, I like the Gonny Gigiano. I like the Johnny Gagano kind of losing streak that he's on at the moment, can't pick up a win. Uh, with Ono, I think he does need a victory, and to be in this, uh, I think it'll be quite good. And of course, we know one man's already through, and we know that it's either going to be one of these two men, Black or Cole, and Roderick Strong or Lars Sullivan. So you've got to say maybe Lars Sullivan would be through in that one. So, you know, you're looking at two big men there. It, what, you know, who who would you want to challenge CN next? You know, he's your 311 champion. So who would you want as a challenger? I would have to say it's going to have to be a face. Agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. <coughs> yeah, I, I think it's too soon for uh, Hill versus Hill. Maybe they could do it. But, I mean, Adam Cole versus CN. Who would you, you know, is that... But that would mean that Adam Cole would beat Alistair Black. <laughs> so you, you think maybe Alistair Bn? I think Alistair Black deserves it, but then again, you know he doesn't need to claim the title to go up. But then again, he hasn't faced anyone. You know, the only person of memorable note that he's faced and beaten the Velveteen Dream. I mean, you know, he beat Kyle O'Reilly and he beat Bobby Fish, <laughs> which wasn't you know no hard feat from Cassis uh, from Alistair Black. Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup. I mean, it depends on the interference as well, doesn't it? You know, because if it does. and O'Reilly are at ringside for that one, I think it does change the game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which of these guys does lose, if indeed either of them does. I don't know what they've got planned, you know. As uh, we're already in this one, and Ono Gagano really lacing up here. Very nice moves as Gagano looked to spear him in, but Ono stopped him. Hits him with a big elbow after locking him up in the ropes. And Gargano, the wafer-thin mats below, James. Well, both of these men are obviously legends on the independent scene with uh, with long careers there, and they're finally getting the opportunity. I mean, Ono and Gargano, do you think they can be NXT champions? Would you like to see them given a chance as NXT t- champions? Or do you think, like, now it's time for them to move up, move on? I don't know. I think I can see Cassius being champion more than I can Gargano. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I, I think mean, I can see Gagano more in the 205 Live category than on Raw or SmackDown, to be fair. I, I think it's interesting they haven't done that, but I think maybe the success of like DIY, because you know, they were in the CWC tournament, weren't they? And then, of course, the success as a team. I don't think anybody really expected that, so maybe they got caught with that. I think Gagano's always got the chance, if it doesn't work out in NXT, to move over to 205 Live. But I'll be interested to see when Chumper comes back from injury, you know? I want to see that rivalry develop because we haven't had an end to that yet, have we? No. So I, I think that would be quite cool. Uh, I think with Ono, I, I really like Ono, and I wouldn't mind him having a chance against CN as kind of like his last chance to win a title. In that, his last hurrah. Yeah, exactly, in that kind of storyline if they were to do that, you know? So as long as CN gets beaten, I don't really care, you know? It's just one of those things. If Gagano can do it because he can't win the big one and finally gets the... The chance to beat CN and then attacks Gagano afterwards. McIntyre could come back and just beat all four men single-handedly. That's <laughs> only if Black don't make it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, if Black don't make it. If Black makes it, it'll be a bit more hard on the butt. And Gagano get the shoulder up, and Ono now seems to be in control. But Ono there with a big boot, nearly that? knocking Gagano's teeth out of his head. Well, that's what Cassius has been doing all match, just beating down on Johnny. Oh, huge forearm by Ono. Gagano's gone. Oh, Johnny managing to kick out. Oh, well, both men's name ended no. Who will be saying yes tonight? Well, Gagano seems beating down a Cassius. Has he got a killer instinct? Or is he taking his time? Oh! 
Well, he was taking too long there. Gagano lifted his knees up straight into the back of Cassius. Oh, and now Gagano. Big right hands and oh no. Can he get the Gagano escape on Cassius? Well, Cassius is a big man as he goes to the suplex. Gagano rolls out. Well, if anybody can. But Gagano <laughs> is going for his big right arms, barely phasing Cassius, who responds with a big right hand, but runs into the foot of Johnny Wrestling. Oh. A lovely head scissors takedown there. And now the heating state heating up, aren't they? Step up in Seguri and Gagano's getting his way into Nassius tumbles to the outside. And what's Johnny gonna do? Springboard time. Oh. Oh, springboard's over the top. Cassius rolls in. Oh. But gets met with a spear through the second rope by Gagano. Goes for the cover. Oh, but Cassius managing to kick out. Uh, Cassius getting kicked in the face, but he seems to like it. As he catches Johnny Wrestling's foot. Rolls him back. Oh, goes for a kick, but Cassius ducks, hits him with a running senton. Gagano on the apron. I know, saying, come on, what's it going to take to beat you up, man? And you were saying, as Cassius got that kill, he's certainly putting the boots in on Johnny Wrestling. Knocking him off the apron there. Now maybe the big man is going to fly. But he seems to be taking his time. Don't want to hurt Gagano. Just wants to win the match. Flips over. Oh. Oh, but lands on his feet. Gagano goes for his attempt. Runs through a lovely tornado DDT planting Ono's head on the metal rampway. Well, that was impressive. Oh, my God. Ono might be knocked out. He's got him in now. Throws him in the corner. I think this match is nearing its conclusion. Both men run through the ringer. Here comes Johnny. Oh. Lovely step up in Seguri. But Cassius Ono with a spinning big boot. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. But Gagano managing to kick out. Oh. Well, Cassius can't believe it. Gagano's got a big bogey hanging out of his nose. Yeah, that's how hard that Ono punched him. All his, <laughs> all his bogeys come out at one time. Oh, Johnny's, I think Johnny's realised it. There you go. Wiping it on the canvas. Lovely. Ono looks to put him away. And again, this is telling the story of Ono. Can he put Johnny Gagano? Gagano's got toughness. We know this. We know how much punishment he's got. He's got tenacity. He doesn't give up. But he might have to. His body might give out on him. And oh no now. Picking him up. Electric chair. Oh, but Gagano managing to fight out with the elbows to the forehead. Rolls him up. Do. Oh. Only getting the two count on Ono. Two. And now Gagano with the forearms. Oh, fucking hell. Cassius runs in with a big boot. And again, he's going to go through the... Oh. Big elbow to the back of the head. Well, this that, has got to be it. That knocked him out. Two, three. Oh! Gagano managing to kick out. Ah, I can't believe this. And Ono now looking to finish it maybe with a rolling elbow. This will be the end of Johnny Gagano. Oh, this is awesome chance. It has been a great match, but here we go. Oh! Gagano managing to respond with a kick to the midsection. Goes to the knee, goes to the head. Oh, hits as a takedown into the Gagano escape. Oh, he could get... <laughs> He did get it in on Cassius Ono. And Ono, ono taps out. He's got no choice. Oh, my God. What a huge victory for Johnny Gagano there. A win over Ono. I mean, in a, in a great match, Dan, wasn't it? It was a bloody brilliant match, yeah. You know, both these episodes of NXT have had great last matches. And, yeah, you know, this match was back and forth. I had no idea which way it was going to go. And I actually honestly thought Cassius Ono was going to pick up the victory. Yeah. 
and I hope he shows a sign of respect to Johnny Wrestling, who finally gets his worst first win in a while. I think it's his first win, if I'm not mistaken, since the split from DIY. You know, I'm not not 100% sure, but first high-profile victory, and yeah, he joins Killian Dane in the Fatal 4-Way match, and we'll find out on the next episode if it will be Alistair Black or if it will be Adam Cole, and that's going to be saying we can't wait to watch. But in fact, yeah, credit to these two guys, pulled it out. Uh, and a real, real great back-and-forth matchup. And the stuff, competitiveness is what we want to see, isn't it, you know? Most definitely, yeah. And uh, we got to see it here. And let's just see if there's any sign of respect afterwards. And they walk into the back and Johnny's saying, hey. And Cassius Sano up on the apron. And there you go. Fist bump, sign of respect. It's what we want to see, Dan, isn't it, you know? Most definitely, yeah. So we do move on, and if Cassius wishes, I know uh, Gagano Luck said, you go get the title, son. He could do. He's had his problems with CN in the past. But that is it for this week's episode. We'll move on, and the main event is Alistair Black versus Adam Cole. All right, so then we move on to our last episode of NXT. And so, yes, it's X- NXT 13th of December, NXT 425. After an emotionally draining Law & Order Special Victims Unit, NXT gives the USA Network audience a recap of recent events in the NXT title scene. From Andrade Cien Almas's win at War Games, Drew McIntyre's injury, the Fatal 4-Way qualifier announcements, and Killian Dane and Johnny Gagano's wins last Wednesday. Well, Mario Ronaldo introduced us to Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson and hypes Cole versus Black. And then the champ is here. And so is Zelina Vega. Yeah, and the first match of the night is Cien versus Fabian Eichner. Sorry, it is your new NXT champion, Cien versus Fabian Eichner. Why do you always do it for you? First time in action, luckily beating Drew McIntyre, I think it's fair to say. But here comes Eichner, very impressive man. We have seen him before. He was on the Cruiserweight Classic. I think he's a little bit bigger than 205 Live now, but he's been impressive in recent weeks. We saw him against uh, Cassius Ono, if I do remember, and of course he beat Johnny Gagano. And I think he can upset CN here tonight. But of course we are on the USA Network, so hopefully it'll be a little bit more of a special episode here tonight. And Eichner versus CN to start the action. Of course, a huge main event here tonight. Adam Cole versus Alistair Black. And CN straight off the mark there takes out Fabian Eichner. As Zelina looks on, run towards Eichner, but Eichner does a lovely tilt well backbreaker. And CN just going out to, to get his bearings. Yeah, Eichner shows his power. Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> Jumps his way to springboard off the top rope and takes out CN. Wow, now that is impressive by Eichner. Come on, throw CN in, finish him off. He's more distracted with Zelina Vega. He's got to springboard his way in. <laughs> Tornado DDT planting the champ. Two. two. Oh. But CN doesn't go down that easily, James. No, but what a lovely move. I we see the replay, the spring on the ropes, and just going through it all. <laughs> he does indeed. And he's kicking in the corner. Oh. And as the ref was telling Eichner off, uh, CN slaps him across the chest. Oh, come on, that's not fair. Well, if the final bell hasn't rung, James, you play to the bell, man. I suppose so. Cien tries to leapfrog Eichner, but Eichner catches him, showing his power. Kick to the midsection. He's got Cien. Oh, oh, power lovely. bombs him. Goes for the cover. 
But CN managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Come on, my three eleven boy. Nah, CN's lucky at the moment. Eichner, come on. You can beat the NXT champion. You might be in contention here. You might get a spot in the Fatal 4-Way match. You might make it a Fatal 5-Way. Well, Eichner going up top. Oh, Zelina come on. With the well-timed distraction. Oh, CN mate. pushes Fabian off the top rope. And now <laughs> goes to work on his challenger. Where have I seen this before? Vega getting involved in it. Like they get thrown to the stairs. But has she has she impeded any rules? Yeah, she, she's distracted Eitner. Does it say you can't distract wrestling? CN can't win. Fairly. Got the unhooked DDT in now. Oh, teams with a side Russian leg sweep. One, two, three. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. I'm disappointed. I think CN, if he's meant to be such a good champion, could beat Eitner without any help. And Vega helps him out again. Dan, what do you think of the match? You know, it's. Uh, I think it's more to showcase Cien's Healy tactics than an actual m- showcase match. To be fair, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It's uh, it's it's what Cien's all about, and the people are watching this for the first time, and they're seeing what the NXT champion is, and they know how bad he is. And what do we see next, Dan? Uh, Alistair Black gets a video intro to take us to commercial, and it'll be interesting to see if he can beat. Adam Cole tonight is the toughest match, I think, of Black's NXT career. We see a major hype piece for Ember Moon, featuring Corey Gray, Charlotte Flair, Carmella, and the woman herself, all talking about how big she'll be someday. That leads us into a recap of a title win, complete with an operatic score, and then another commercial. And up next, after the commercial, we have the Authors of Pain going against Only Lorcan and Danny Burch. Yes. These two wrestlers have had some brilliant matches with each other. Let's see how they can do together. We love uh, Birch and Lorcan. They've gained our respect so much as a tag team. They're just, they're just tough individuals, aren't they? And like you said, the, the way they slapped each other and <laughs> kicked each other about. One of them does one and the other one does two. I like it. I like Birch and I like Lorcan. Future tag team NXT champions? I think they've got potential. I think Lorcan's got single potential. We've seen how tough he is. And this will be a difficult match here tonight. <laughs> oh, yes. It is the Authors of Pain with Paul Ellering. And Paul Ellering now saying to Authors of Pain, go to the ring and fuck them up. Fuck them up. But Birch and Lorcan will not back down with this challenge, will they? They won't, no. Maybe stupidly. <laughs> but they won't. But it does actually look like Paul Ellering should be in Lorcan and Birch's corner <laughs> with his look. It's like triplets. <laughs> We've been missing you. And he completes the facial hair as well, actually. He's got the, just a single moustache. Birch is clean shaven. Lorcan's got a beard. Yeah, Lorcan's got We've a beard. with Birch against Akam. Well, Akam backing Birch up into the corner. But, oh, I love the way Birch fights for the uppercuts. They're very British uppercuts. He is pushing him back. Lorcan gets a tag in, though. Uh-oh. But Akam caught by Lorcan's chops. Razar makes his way into the ring. <laughs> He's caught by some chops as well. Slapping him in the face. I love it. And this match is already, well, it's just broken into a hellacious match. There we go. Balling into each other. Bounce Balling. off each other. <laughs> oh, They don't want to bounce off each other back to back because that hurt. Well, that's going to hurt. Oh, Birch clotheslined. Lorcan thrown like a lawn dart into the turnbuckle. Setting them up, super collider perhaps. Oh my god. They tried. They did. Birch is out of the ring, Lorcan set up. Is it time for the last chapter? 
They did try. They did try. They failed, but they tried. That's all you can ask for, you know. Yeah, well, that is it. So we're reminded about next week's two title matches, and then Sanity delivered a pre-taped promo. Alexander Wolf shows off his skull staples, and Nikki Cross dances around with a big bruise on her arm. Eric Young says War Games was a be- as beautiful as they expected, but the outcome was not ideal. But they haven't left the battlefield, and next week they'll finish what they started in Houston when they faced Undisputed Era with the belts on the line. Well, now up next is Women's Champion Ember Moon versus Peyton Royce, and this actually didn't take place on the USA Network version. This was only on the WWE Network version. This was placed in between. Uh, the reason for this is just the amount of ad breaks that happened on the USA Network. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have ad breaks every six minutes or something, I think. So uh, this is going to be a kind of extra match because we are, of course, the WNR podcast watching it here. Ember Moon versus Peyton Royce. First time we've seen Ember Moon in action since winning the women's title. And uh, nice big insecurity there on Peyton Royce. Then he putting her away. Billy Kay saying, don't do it. I tell you, recent times, these Peyton Royce have become more of the star of the iconic duo, hasn't she? You know, they've uh, yeah. kind of gone with her and Billy Kay's uh, kind of back up, trying to roll up Ember Moon, but Ember kicks out. Ah. A big right hand from Moon to Royce. Knocks a bandy. Underhook. Double underhook. Peyton to a credit low, fighting out. Oh, but Moon running into a big back elbow, followed by another elbow and a kick to the midsection. Ember Moon's in trouble against the iconic, well, Singolo. <laughs> well, huge knee by Payne. Go for the roll-up. Oh, she could pin me like that any day. Ember gets his shoulder up at two. Two. And Payton has shown a frustration in the past in these matches. She needs to really stick it to Ember Moon if she wants to uh, beat her here tonight. Of course, Ember Moon, the NXT Women's Champion, the victory over her, especially with TakeOver coming up so soon now at the end of January. She wants to be... You know, fighting for that women's title. She's looking to the uh, Fisher Women's Suplex to put Ember away. Oh, Moon managing to fight out. Tries barging her into the corner. But again, Peyton Royce reverses it and sends Moon into the corner. But Ember managing to fight off. Oh, Peyton went for the kick. Catches her. Oh, looks to plant her with a powerbomb. But Peyton again holding on to the top rope. Ember realising that. And oh! Kicks her leg for out from underneath her. And just stamps on her. Chest. Springboard stamp there by Ember Moon and Peyton Royce. Thrown in position. Is it time, Dan? Are you going to see the dark side of the moon? Ember Moon to the top, screaming. Hits the eclipse. A brilliant (laughs) sell by Peyton Royce. (laughs) One, One, two, two, three. And that is how your NXT champion does things around here. Again, it's always great to see the eclipse, isn't it? You know, so uh, I'm happy with that. And I mean, so far we've seen Birch and Lorcan, who I love, against the Authors of Pain, who are great. And we saw even the Eichner CM match, even though it was a squash match, quite enjoyable. I think this was a little bit longer, a little bit better. And let's have another look at the eclipse. She's one step away from selling it like the rock. Oh, wait a minute. Billy Kay just attacking Ember Moon. Punching her down now. Billy Kay saw loser for the iconic Jero. Here we go. A running oh. bulldog over Royce's leg. Uh, over over Kay's knee, sorry. And oh, wait Nikki a crossing <laughs> to make the save. <laughs> and she looks very angry. She's very, very cross. And look at her breaking down on Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Talk about unhinged. 
Indeed. And the bruised sanity member sending the iconic duo scurrying away. If anyone's going to beat down Ember Moon, I think it's going to be Nikki Cross. Oh, I love Nikki Cross. I really do. She spots the women's title, well, the women's champion prone on the floor. A thank you, Nikki Chant, going around the crowd. And Nikki Cross got a rise. On the prize. Yeah, exactly. Ember Moon knows this. And Ember Moon's got a panic now. Don't someone like Nikki Cross, if she's fully focused in something, and she's running the ropes. She is nuttier than a squirrel's turd. She is. And Nikki Cross is here. So, yeah, we, we hope to have an answer on the women's division soon who will be facing Ember Moon. But at the moment, it could be another fatal four-way or even a tag team match with Nikki Cross and Ember she Moon together. She runs out the arena. We see Adam Cole get a quick video intro, and then they reveal the person they teased last week is indeed Shania Basler. So the Queen of Space will be making her way to an NXT ring, and I can't wait. My pick in May Young Classic is making her way to NXT. Time for the main event, and it is Alistair Black versus Adam Cole. And we have learned that Regal has barred Carlo Riley and Bobby Fish from ringside. What? The, the bar from ringside? Well, I think that is a game changer. And if, if they're not here to help Cole, Cole's really got to pull it out tonight. As we see his opponent, the ever-devastating Alistair Black. Well, this is a match we want to see. I mean, it wasn't McIntyre Cole like we thought. And now they're going to give us Black and Adam Cole early. If anybody can shut Adam Cole's mouth, it's Alistair Black. But I'm not going to discount Adam Cole here. For me, he is a slight favourite in this one. But now we're here with a news of fish. And O'Reilly, I'm still not sure. I'm, st- I'm not sure, but, but Alistair Black. What's one thing about Alistair Black, Dan? Well, he sits <laughs> where he wants. He does. He, I know Alistair Black is your man. Dan, who who's you going for in this one? Uh, I'm backing Ali B. You're backing Black. I'm betting on Black. You're betting on Black. Baby! I tell you something, Adam Cole does not look phased about having to face Alistair Black. He looks uh, quite confident. I don't know if that's going to be a mistake of his. Well, Black's looking even less phased. <laughs> I'm not trying to do a one-up and come. No, 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 no. no but he does actually. He seems as if nothing phases him. And, and I tell you, something, I'm surprised that a little bit. The fatal four-way. You know, you've got these guys already in there: Gagano and uh, Killian Dane. I'm surprised these two guys aren't either automatic entries or having easier matches. If you know what I mean, because you think about it, both of these men won at the paper, didn't they? NXT Takeover. Black beating Dream, Cole winning the NXT War Games match. So yeah. to be able to face off here, it's like, oh, is, is there lesser guy? You know, do these two deserve to be a name? Maybe Gagano missing out? It, it's just, it's one of these things. They're doing it for a reason, aren't they? This match, they're definitely. Yeah. And you see Adam Cole in the early going out wrestling. Alistair Black, Dan, would you agree with that? Well, he, he's he may be out wrestling him, but he's certainly not getting the better of him. Well, no, as, he's not getting the better of him. But I just say he got him down there, didn't he? Got a. Showed him he's boss, and this is what we haven't seen him have than Cole. Oh, and then Ali B, he's uh, <laughs> using his power against Adam Cole, bang bang. And Adam Cole goes to the right hand. So, is uh, is your opinion on Cole grown? Because you know you you seem to you seem to be his number one fan now. No, I'm not his number. One. I don't like Adam you seem Cole. To, you're wearing an undisputed era I'm armband. Not James. wearing an undisputed era armband. Um, my thing is with Adam Cole. He needs to prove himself in singles action. Yes, he's had a couple of victories. I was impressed with him and the Undisputed Era NXT TakeOver in the War Games match. I thought Cole was the star in that match. or was definitely treated as such in the, in the story of it. And I think, obviously, they've got plans for him. 
We've got Fish and O'Reilly going against Sanity next week's tag team titles. For me, it makes sense having Cole going through. But then again, Alistair Black is undefeated, isn't he? So both of these men are undefeated. I'm surprised they're actually facing off when I thought they'd probably so for takeover. But I don't get me, I like my thing is right with Alistair Black. I really the like dream him. Team. I like Alistair Black, but because you like him, we can't both like him too much. So you know, you can be your guy, but I have to be. Impartial. Impartial at some points. Otherwise, it's both us just marking out on a wrestler, you know? Yeah. So I have to be careful. I, I love, I, you know. So I Oscar's Oscar. obviously uh, an exception to the rule. Yeah, Oscar, but Oscar's a monster. But yeah, we're back from the break. And uh, you can tell it's been a back and forth match with Adam Cole working the arm bar to get him down, put him in a cross face. Oh my God, wrenching back on Alistair Black. Can Ali B fight out of this one, though? I think he's, well, Adam Cole at the moment. Got him in the middle of the ring. But like you say, Dan, I'm going to take the words right out your mouth. You think Alistair Black gets stronger halfway match after he's been beaten up a little bit, don't you? I think he allows him to take punishment. Well, you know, he, he plays the rope dope so to speak. You know, he, he, he lets his opponent wear himself out, exert all his energy. And Ali B with a black mass kick. Boom. Good night. Bye-bye. I don't know if you're going to be able to hit the black mass kick here tonight. It's going to, it's going to be difficult. Adam Cole has got down at the moment, and Black got to the bottom rope. Both of these men like using the kicks. And I mean, the question is, are these two guys the future of NXT in 2018? You know, I think well, this... potentially they are. But again, you know, I'm yet to be sold on Ali, uh, Adam Cole. You know, I've, I've heard rave things about him. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've, I've yet to be impressed by him. I mean, the fans certainly love him. Don't you know? You can't take that away from him. But I've, I'm, I'm yet to be impressed. And yeah, if, yeah. if I become impressed, I will certainly let you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm slowly getting. It. He's taking the time and Alistair Black now and chanting, and I think that was a complete mistake. Now Black's fighting back. Oh, lovely spinning trip there, and just runs along with a boot to the face. Black nipping up to his feet, and now this is where Alistair turns up again. Runs com- in with a big forearm, a Irish com- whip. Standing first into the turnbuckle, springboard moonsault for a big guy. Tail. Is he com- lining him up for the black mass <laughs> kick? It was the combinations as well that I thought were incredible by Blackland. And like, is it going for the kick? Cole going to the apron. Oh, look at the shoulder bars his way back in, but getting met with a kick. But Cole hanging up black on the top rope. Not to his credit, though. And Cole going to go up. This is something we don't usually see from him. Oh, oh but. Jumps into a kick to the face. One, two. Oh. Cole managing to kick out. Ah, showed a bit of toughness there. Especially the impact of the kick. Picking him up for the black mass kick. Oh. Cole managing to counter it. Backstabber. Could that be it? Oh. Oh. Black managing to kick out. Ah. Last second there for Alistair Black. Oh, nice NXT chance as well from the crowd. They're loving this action at the moment. Can Adam Cole put Black away? Can Black fight back? Got one of his shoulders. Oh. Oh, Black rolls through, kicks Cole in the knee, and then both men trading strikes in the middle of the ring. Oh, Cole there, lovely kick to the face of Black. Oh, oh. super kick. Black with a roll up. One, two. Oh, oh fucking Cole hell. managing to kick out. Ah. Now Black gets picked up by Cole. Oh, neck breaker. Managing to kick out. Ah. How's Adam Cole still in this match? And how is Alistair Black after all the punishment each man had given each other? This is what it means to be number one contender. They'll do anything to become champion. 
It's their first opportunity. Is that that? They don't want to be champion. They just want to be number one contender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all we care about. But now it's Adam Cole lining up. Alistair Black on the way. Goes for the super kick. Oh, he gets caught by Black, though. Spins him around. Big knee to the jaw. <laughs> Doesn't even attempt the pinfall. Cole's trying to make his way to his feet. Cole begging him. He's saying, what you got? Black oh. mass kick. One, two, three. <laughs> and Alistair Black is getting Cole in his stocking for Christmas. Wow. Well, and Cole there showed a bit of toughness saying, what have you got? Unfortunately for him, Alistair, Alistair Black, Black had a lot. <laughs> he had the black mass kick. So Adam Cole is knocked out at the moment. Alistair Black is sitting where he wants. I mean, Dan, what do you think of your man performance there? Well, you know, by the end of 2018, he's sitting on top of NXT. But again, you know, a tweet I read earlier, a huge compliment to Alistair Black. He doesn't need the title to move up to Raw or SmackDown. No, no, he doesn't, but he is involved now in the Fatal 4-Way match. He joins Johnny Gagano and Killian Dane. You've got to say, at the moment, he is favourite to go and face CN. I mean, if he faces CN at TakeOver, you're backing Black all the way, aren't you? Here? Oh, yes. Oh, so, yeah. uh, what a great way to start January for you, Dan. A 3-11 boy versus your man in NXT. But uh, I think it's it's a great match. I think both men pulled it out. I'm surprised Adam Cole lost cleanly the way he did. But then again, if he hasn't got the undisputed over there to help him, what can you do, you know? Proves he's nothing without his boys in his corner. No. So what have you thought of NXT Update this month, Dan? It was a lot better than 205 Live. (laughs) A lot better. Yeah, it really really was. You know, we had uh, the the latest... I was a bit upset because we had the recorded episode the day before TakeOver, which ended up featuring a great match with uh, Pete Dunne and uh, Tyler Bate, with Mustache Mountain versus Dunne and Andrews, which I thought was a cracking little match that was on there. And then, of course, we had the um, start of the number one contendership tournament, and we saw Killian Dane against Trent Seven last week, which I thought was a good match. Of course, we saw Gagano get the victory over Ono, which I thought was another great main event. And then next week, we talk about Cohen Black, Talk about seeing Birch and Lorkin. It's just brilliant. It's only been three episodes, but it offers so much, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know? and uh, next week they're giving us Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate for the United Kingdom Championship match. These two have had two brilliant matches already yeah. this year, and it's also given us sanity against the Undisputed Era. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be incredible, and that's going to be on the update. We'll bring all that on the road to the next NXT TakeOver. And it's just going to be really, really enjoyable. That's what NXT is all the time. So, yeah, that wins out for us here. Don't forget, next time uh, we have got a podcast. It is Clash of Champions, SmackDown Presents, uh, which is our next one. And then we've got the Christmas special coming on Christmas Eve and the New Year's Eve special as well. Well, that's everything. If you want to follow us on social media... Don't forget, we're on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rose. We've also got a friend on Twitter. Yes, we have, and it's Mini Chris Benoit, and he's just trying to make the world a better place, and you can follow him at Mini Chris Benoit. We're across all the Google platforms. Don't forget to follow us at WWE Network Review on Google+. Send us an email at dubbinourpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with WWE Network Review, or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. If you do add me on Facebook, and as some people do, like Madison Border, ask me, when will there be more WWE Countdown on the WWE Network? 
I'm not Vince McMahon. I have no creative control over the network. I know I sound professional, but I, I'm honestly not. Well, just if 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 you ask a question like that, don't forget you've got WWE List, which is on the network as well, which basically does the same thing. There are half-hour shows of the countdown. And also, if you've gone beyond the ring, when you've got your top 50 OMG moments or your top 50 finishers that you've got on there, your countdown shows, they're available. And if you want to listen to more stuff like that as well, don't forget, on the WNR podcast, we do our list. We've done WNR 50, top 50 wrestlers of all time, top tag teams we've done, and top 25 women wrestlers as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast, on there. Let's clips go up there. Podcasts go up at the same time. They do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Also, on Spreaker Radio, we've got live shows January 27th, 28th. And Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, buddy, and we'll see you for Clash of Champions. Bye. Bye. Do you know what I want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas, James? Do you know what I want for Christmas? Do you know what I really want for Christmas, Dan? I want everybody to listen to the WNR Podcast Christmas Special on Christmas Day. It would be, make my dreams come true. Everybody can listen to Dub to find out who's going to be our Wrestler of the Year, Match of the Year, Pay for the Year, plus a lot more. What do you want for Christmas, Dan? My New Year's wish is for everyone to listen to the New Year's podcast. Thank you.